Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of Supercross Companion. And today it is with a straight up G by the name of Brandon Lupos. You may know him from his Gypsy Tales episode uh, from 2020, I think. I think we did that one in 2020. Maybe it was 2019. But Brandon Lupos, one of the best street park BMX riders in the world. He will be representing Australia at the Olympic Games, but he is a full-on moto frother. Probably knows more about the sport than I do. Definitely knows more about what's happening right now than I do. And I thought it would be absolutely awesome to get him in and have a full-on preseason bench racing session. Uh, these blow up on YouTube, these little segments and stuff that we do. So definitely worthwhile us doing them and delivering them to you guys in more of like the long form podcast format on iTunes. So thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thank you to Brandon Lupos for being a G and helping me make this show happen. I uh, couldn't do it without our sponsors. Our first sponsor I would like to bring your attention to uh the legends at boost mobile all december i was advertising their refurbished phones you can head to refurbish.boost.com.au uh, i actually got my own refurbished phone from the guys at boost i got an iphone 11 pro i really wanted that uh that camera update um I was really impressed with the quality. Obviously, it's a refurbished phone. Uh, so you kind of, you're expecting a few scratches and stuff here and there. But I got the uh, 10 out of 10 quality one and it's pretty much a brand new phone. So this has kind of changed my thoughts on buying a new phone as they come out. I feel like you could kind of wait a little bit uh, and get yourself a refurbished phone from Boost. Then you don't have any of the lock-in contracts or any of that. So definitely, uh, I was extremely stoked when I got my refurbished phone from the guys at Boost. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Dixon Flannel. Obviously, it's summer. We're not all getting around in flannels at the moment, but that doesn't mean you can't head to dixonquality.com.au uh, and peep the range of stuff that they have going on that will keep you uh, cool in summer, like board shorts, walk shorts. Uh, they got these like kind of loose, casual 
uh, round the house sort of shorts uh, and also some stuff that you can wear for work as well. So Dixon Quality definitely got you covered on way more than just the flannels. DixonQuality.com.au. Use the code GYPSYGANG to get 15% off. We're also brought to you by the guys at Fist Handwear, obviously. Uh, their Chapter 14 range has dropped and it is going off like a frog in a sock. You can use the code GYPSYGANG to get 15% off there. And you can also head to gypsytails.com and buy the Fist Excite gloves. Uh, that is our latest collab with the Glove Lord himself. Uh, that code, Gypsy Gang, is also going to get you 15% off at dry times. Basically, it's the world's greatest towel. Uh, I have been using this quite a lot for the gym, getting pretty steamy up here in Queensland. Uh, they, their full size towels, incredible as well. If you're a bit of a beach rat, uh, then they won't be, you won't be bringing half the beach home in sand. Uh, the full size towel also folds up tiny, so it doesn't take up as much space in your little beach backpack. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Cricks Tweed. You can head to crickstweed.com.au new and used vehicles. Uh, that's your one-stop shop. That is where I got my Triton. Absolutely love that thing. And the service from the entire team at Cricks Tweed is absolutely second to none. Crickstweed.com.au. Ask for Kyle. He's a G. He rides as well. Full-blown member of the Gypsy Gang. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. MXstore.com.au for all of your dirt bike parts and accessory needs. I'm there pretty much every time I ride. There's always something that you need, and those guys always have me covered. Uh, they've been a huge help in the mid-2K build as well. They do same-day shipping if you order before 2 p.m. Uh, so if you're in a bind, they're pretty much the go-to guys to make it happen. Uh, also brought to you by the guys at Rival Inc. Design Co. They are thick in their 100K giveaway. At the end of that, someone is winning a CRF 110 brand new legit uh so head to rivalinkdesignco.com to find out about that enter in that draw we just gave away our merch prize pack as well as the gypsy tales graphics kit which is rad uh we have our own signature kit at rivalinkdesignco.com you can use the code gypsy gang get yourself 15 percent off tag me in that bad boy i'll share it on the gram and uh we all winning. Thank you very much to everybody for listening to the podcast. These are super fun to do. I'm excited for Supercross. I'm as excited for any season as I've ever been. Stoked to be bringing Supercross Companion back. Uh, so thank you to everybody for listening. Enjoy this episode of Supercross Companion with the man himself, Brandon Luposio. From the gang called Gypsy. Gang and they come and get Gypsy. Gang and they come and get Gypsy. Gang. I'm at a Gypsy. Gang. You got me, mate. Nice. Nice, Gary. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of Supercross Companion. Brandon Lupos, the The BMX god, is in the building. He has been hounding me to do one of these, and uh, it's on. We're doing it. Yep. Stoked to be here. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Pull this up to your face a bit, bit closer. Yeah, like this. Yep. Yep, sweet. Nailed it. Awesome. So uh, many people may slash may not know that old Loopy is one of... You like motocross more than me, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an avid motocross, supercross fan. I feel like it's I'm more into it than my own sport. Mm. Like, I, I'm so, I'm so like, up to date with everything, and I feel like... Like, I even have notifications on my Twitter with from, like, everyone. 
so i'll just like all the all the news is on twitter screw all these other news platforms everything's on twitter you'll know that before everything happens it happens on they're talking about it on twitter before it Who's happens the best follow uh on twitter Wygant, i think mm. jace Jason, I think he's yeah. the best journalist in motocross just in general yeah him um it's just, it's and also Kiefer he's pretty good as well he's pretty oh, yeah, yeah I just don't do the Twitter thing I think I should get into it you should maybe today's the day yeah let's get you an account well I've got an account I just don't use it I've just never did the Twitter thing I just missed it completely yeah it's it's definitely underrated it's an American thing it's like, so American Twitter is very American Definitely. I don't have anybody I couldn't at anybody in Australia except probably you <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know people in Australia that have Twitter and use it frequently but none in motocross or BMX or anything like that like what we do yeah all of them are just influencers so yeah yeah well Twitter where it goes down apparently um, so we're going to talk Supercross we've got a couple little topics written out um, I really enjoyed Supercross Companion with Jay Wilson uh, last oh, the week before and I was like you know what we need to just keep bench racing we got 10 days 10 days until H1 isn't that insane 10 days until the Supercross Open on Houston yeah I'm pretty excited by it to be honest oh I'm, I'm I've got a thing on my phone I think it's 9 days now because yesterday was 10 because they brought out the photo of Brayton because his number is number 10 and it says 10 days to go and it came off his number plate Mm. so today might be 9 so So it's AC it's AC yep (laughs) and then number 8 would have to go to um, who's got 8 now no one I think Langston yeah we'll just do Langston Mm. because I heard that um, Ferranis had the option to go to a single digit number and he chose to stay with 14 yeah 14's a dope number dude yeah 14's sick yeah who was 14 before Seely yeah that's right yeah Seely yeah and yeah and then I'm trying to think of someone else that was Wyndham I, I know that Chase Sexton's 23 before Sexton was um wasn't Pike 23 yeah, for a minute Weston Pike yeah. yeah yeah I'm trying to remember his name Weston Pike digging into the history there yeah and same as I mean I number 7 yeah Plessinger and then man there's certain James. there's certain numbers like four no one run it seven no one run it there's some shit 22 no one run it it's so weird how no one's got number five I thought that Franis would if they who was going to go with a single digit number yeah. it'd be number five yeah but he it's weird it's like Reed when Reed won his championship he could have gone to a single digit number and chose to stay with 22 and I, yeah. and I respect that yeah it makes sense yeah um who was uh oh bloody um Max Volan, he was trying yeah. to get seven one one, but like someone else had it because like that's his dad's old number, yeah. And then that's what he run. And now he's one one five. five. Yeah. yeah. How do you reckon he'll do? Have you seen any stuff of him? He looks good. I definitely. I like. It, I'll tell you the story. This story before we get into the Max Volan thing. Yeah. Um, as a lot, as you know, I play a lot of Supercross on Xbox as well, <laughs> and I play a lot. Of, I, I smash noobs online and. You know, I, I'm I'm bet I'm just racing this this random kid. I'm thinking this random kid, right? <laughs> and he ended up beating me. It was like the Cooper Webb rocks and thing we we're just talking about. Like, well, side by side up the finish line, <laughs> and he ended up just beating me by like yeah, a hundred something of a second. Little and fuck. yeah, I know. And then I, he messaged me. He was like, "Good race, thumbs up." And I replied back, and I was like, "Yeah, you killed it." And then he go he replied back and goes, "Follow me on Instagram." And it was that Mac, and it was Max Volan. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then <laughs> what is yours, Brandon Lupos? Yeah, Brandon Lupos. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh no, my gamer tags 
uh, Loopy Bayos ninety three. Yeah, right. and his is like some weird one. But um, he was, and I, then I messaged him back, and I was like, "Follow me at Brandon Loopal Show," and then he just goes fuck this is sick <laughs> that's pretty cool and though. it's crazy too because um he's with lucas as well oh right and i was just like so crazy i like he's he's with lucas i'm with lucas and we met on xbox and that's he's pretty with, sick yeah but yeah i just wanted to get that story out of the way shout out to max volan shout out boy um i think he's gonna do good man i think he's young and i don't think he's gonna take those crazy risks mm. that you see from like i'm not gonna say jet but when you see he does the, take uh, crazy risks. <laughs> one, one or two one times. One time, yeah. Yeah, one or two times. But I think that, well, like the James Stewart risks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dude, speaking of just fucking fully sidetracking, can you go to AJ Cantonzaro, go to YouTube like a new browser, and then type in AJ Cantonzaro. Um, Dude, yeah. I see this, ta- this guy see, all the time on, on um, YouTube. Go to... Um, where he breaks down James Stewart crashes. James, dude, this is the craziest content, man. Can you turn it down a bit in the headphones, dude? Yeah. Yeah, so, dude, AJ Catanzaro does these breakdowns of James's crashes, and it's this is a really good video. Like, yeah. I've never seen motocross content like this, right? But you watching it... It's 17 minutes of James, like... <laughs> of just... Dude, and you, crashing. Look, you look at it, and it's like, no wonder he retired. Dude, I know. Look at how... 17 minutes, and none of these are fucking tip-overs, by the way. Like, I was there for that crash. Absolutely out of control, dude. Like, and the crazy thing, oh too... Oh, my God, look how sideways he got. It's insane, dude. And he's breaking down these crashes, and it's fucking cool to hear it from a guy like AJ like he's a really good and see this he said this is the same oh my gosh essentially the same crash just from having his suspension too stiff is really what he puts those crashes down to like it's just not enough movement in the rear wheel and it's just skipping as opposed to look at this view of this crash dude this is at Southwick and just like yeah there's just no no compression no give in uh yeah. in the suspension but man some of the crashes that james had this ferrandis had the exact same crash this year at redbud um yeah 17 minutes man of just incredibly large crashes but you also got to see too that when he when he just you know high sides and just comes off he's still on the gas yeah so i feel like he even if his suspension was still softer, he still could have gotten out of those situations if he just wasn't on the gas. Yeah. Uh, like, he just went, yeah. And just- well, this, this, these crashes too, it's it's interesting you hear him say, like, this one in particular, right? So, AJ was saying, and this is what made this video oh, so shit. cool. So, AJ's just saying that the reason he crashed is he's just going way faster yeah. than everybody else and just initiating the lean angle on the bike before the turn even starts. So he said uh, that yeah. he said that uh, like Villapoto would crash like this. Um, like you see a, a bunch of the fast dudes where they're just initiating the lean angle before they really even have any resistance from the burn. But anyway, just while we talked about taking risks and crashes, this is incredible to yeah, get yeah, some yeah, perspective yeah. of the risks that James Stewart took 
and the fucking size of the crashes that he had like yeah unbelievable crashes and just year after year after year and like still winning championships and like some of the crashes too like this one with canard is just like no Jeez. respect for the guy in front of him in terms of um look at that like look canard, at his back fender he just cooked it well like canard's just going too slow and yeah. ja- instead of james backing off He's just like, nah, fuck he's you. just still going, going the same yeah. speed. Like, he just doesn't give a fuck. Like, I love that, though. Such That's a special racing. dude. That's racing. That is a special athlete that, yeah. that pushes it that bad to win. But yeah, man, you look over the complete discography of James. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> dude, like, that's just riding too close to the tough blocks, yeah, essentially, yeah. you know? Sort of same. Again, yeah. front wheel push, similar crash. That was bad. Yeah. That was the Colorado crash. That section has fucked up a lot of people. So James, yeah, remember James Tomac? Yeah, Tomac. Yeah. James ain't the only dude that's uh, that's copped it there. But yeah, so shout out to AJ Cantanzaro. This that's video really cool. was epic. Like, I really enjoyed... I watched the entire thing, just sat there and just didn't skip a second of it. Watched the whole thing. I, I definitely thought, need to check it out. Yeah, it was super, super cool. But man, the perspective that you get of how much... James Stewart put his life on the line. Well, he did say he would die trying to win. Yeah. In a lot of interviews. He's like, I'd rather, I, I will die trying to win than settle for second. So, yeah, Max Volan probably not doing that in this no, series. No, I th- feel Max like Volan, Max, I mean, it's it's just the generic thing at KTM now where they're just like, don't crash, just be like, yeah. like Dungey kind of brought that in, right? And yeah. just was like, be more consistent, hit your lines, don't do anything stupid, just ride your own race and get a good start. Because obviously the most good finishes come off the start, unless you're Mike Gillespie. But yeah. it's just like get a good start and just hold your pace, hold your white, ride the white bike, and just go. Yeah. And and I think it's important for Max to go out and just ride his own race and and not try and um, oh, try and win the championship in the first three races. Try, yeah. try and um, he's just got to be there. Just, just got to just show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just show up and just be there because I think that's where the maturity is going to come from. Is is doing more races yeah, and going to more experience. races. Yeah, just experience. So, dude, this crash in particular, he was explaining. Um, he just like essentially was going to case. Watch how bad this case is, dude. It's a quad, and like so, AJ, oh, no. dude. Oh no crazy bro (laughs) but like he gets out of it and then AJ explains like the fact that he like leveled out the bike and landed nose first and he's like the balls that it takes to case a jump like that and land like look he got out of that so sweet yeah holy shit so yeah anyway this this video for anyone that wants to definitely check that out it was insane so yeah this oh my gosh do you remember this one wait not even the worst part oh yeah and then yeah he comes back and yeah he comes back and oh my gosh that's a fucking bummer that's one thing I wanted to ask you as well what you know how um, back then he was on, I think, was that Pro Circuit back then? No, nah, that was just Factory KOE. Okay, okay. We all know James' success on the Kawasaki is unmatchable, right? Yeah. And we all and we saw him when, um, you know, he got on Red Bull, he kind of had to change because it was a monster-supported team, he had to go somewhere else. Do you yeah. think if James didn't get on Red Bull and stayed with Cowie, he would have gotten more success on the Cowie? Mm. then leaving and going like he obviously went road for Yamaha a couple of teams with Yamaha then went to Suzuki and then I think JGR after that because JGR was Yamaha back then yeah yeah so I think 
what I'm trying to ask is like if you didn't take that individual Red Bull deal yeah. and just stayed with Cowie where he just would have rocked Monster do you think he would have would his, his career would have probably been better with yeah, Cowie yeah probably yeah yeah like the it just I guess he gelled with that bike a seems little like bit. it yeah. yeah a little bit better um, but yeah fuck it's so hard to tell man like but I mean nobody has won a championship on that like James is the only guy in forever that's won on that Yamaha yeah you know what I mean he's the last one to win a championship for Yamaha yeah so I don't know but man it's so hard like you watch these crashes that he has and it's just like this is the kind of stuff that probably cost him more than the manufacturer that he was on no definitely yeah you know like 100% yeah yeah and just I feel like no matter what bike you're on if you're having crashes and he crashed on every bike it seemed like when you watched this back he had a lot more crashes on the Yamaha yeah than the other bikes but he did crash on every brand yes so it's like you gotta think about the toll that crashing takes on your body and like when I watch this clip the big takeaway from this was just like I wouldn't want to do that for that long. No. Like, can you imagine having that many fucking huge ones? And, like, if you did on your BMX bike, if, like, every time you tried a fucking cash roll, it was, like, one in four (laughs) times, you just weeded yourself. Like, you probably are just like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, I wouldn't do it anymore. Definitely. I would just be like, what what would be better than a cash roll and more consistent? Yeah. But I think I think James, that's just his grain, dude. That's yeah, just he like... he just had that gear. He just was like, nah, I'll click it in a gear up or a gear down. Just, you know, high revs, I don't care, and just go. Yeah. Where a lot of people, including myself, would be more... Have a conservative approach and just be like, look like, you know, make it to the finish line, you yeah. know? Where James is just like, I want to win the race by... But I, man, there's no one that was like more prepared to win than James Stewart. Uh, I don't know. I think Ken Roxon in 2017, where he won Anaheim by like a minute something. Yeah. He came out and just obliterated everyone. Yeah, that's but like consistently over a career. Like, dude, look at this crash (laughs) after crash. Like, just consistently. Just. He wanting to yeah. be the gnarliest dude you know <laughs> like he made his whole career on it that was a bit of a chad and fucking bubby tangle um but yeah so anyway yeah definitely uh, yeah i take that back yeah 100%. really really good uh really really good piece of content we've got to stop that right it's distracting the fuck out of me now <laughs> yeah we're supposed um, to be talking about supercross talking about james stewart now <laughs> hey james stewart is supercross as yeah, far as true. i'm concerned so do you think he's the goat uh, I think he is the. I think he is the gnarliest, the gnarliest. rider of yeah. all time. Yeah. Like I just don't on, think... on the supercross track. Yeah, because yeah. motocross man, like Ricky, was a fucking savage. Yeah. But the thing that makes that argument for me right is when you hear like on the podcast with Chad and Ricky, where they were just like, man. You just, he made you do shit you didn't want to do. Like, Literally, I just yeah. don't think anyone has been consistently, like, asking more of everybody. Like, he's like, oh, cool, this is what everyone else is doing? Fuck you guys. Literally. This is what I'm doing. And I, you can yeah. either... I'm either going to win by a minute or crash, and if you want to beat me, then you better come along for the ride. Well, I think that James took that approach where he just kind of put took 
pieces from everyone's puzzles right and just yeah. put the best pieces together and use it for his own craft and you know whether it's hitting quads in you know every straight being in the air twice in one straight is insane right like <laughs> just like you normally see people just go on and off on and off triple on and off triple or whatever or sometimes even quads yeah but you'll see james go down a straight and be in the air twice yeah like where people take three or four airs you know yeah i, I don't I, I feel like in terms of the goat thing like man i yeah, just definitely. don't know that anyone pushed supercross to the level that he did no one yeah definitely and you got to think about so we found this old ac interview from 2014 that i i did and you got to think about what he did like james's legacy for supercross right so you think about the like the the four minute mile yeah so like no one had did it forever it was this impossible thing and then first guy goes and does it and then it opens the floodgates for everybody else and then that four minute mile just became like a standard issue thing right yeah i seriously think that that's what james did for supercross because you got yeah so like before james the the level of what's possible like it's like he shifted the baseline for reality in super (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah it's like he took it that it was here the, the guys would grow up and they'd look up to like Jeremy McGrath and Ricky Carmichael and Probably, that yeah. that era David Villeman yep. Kevin Windham and it's like so that's what was possible on a supercross track and so the next generation of kids grow up like Chad grew up yep. looking at Ricky era, and Jeremy yeah. so then yeah, they yeah. can sort of like you get like this leapfrog effect and it's the same as what you'd experience now in BMX yeah. like kids now at 8 can see a cash roll or a triple flip or a double front flip or all these crazy fucking combos and they just spend their whole life knowing that's possible yeah you true. didn't spend your whole life knowing a cash roll was possible no way no or, you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. it's this thing where you're like almost fully developed and then you're on the pinnacle of the of progression of the sport but then there's eight-year-olds that are watching you do it oh, definitely and they're yeah, gonna yeah, spend yeah. the next and by the time they're 12 they could probably do it or 14 and it's like we'd already be seeing that so then you look at a guy like adam cincerello so adam cincerello grows up looking at james so his whole baseline Makes of sense. reality Makes of sense. what is possible <laughs> on a supercross track is james stewart literally yeah. no one's looking at anyone else in terms of like what is physically possible how fast you can go through a set of whoops how big you can jump like he so in terms of like is he the goat of that like probably because i don't think anybody has shifted the whole spectrum of a complete discipline of the sport in the way that stewart did no and now you look at a guy like jet and what he's doing it's like is is he the guy that comes along and then shifts what's possible like because it's just this constant leapfrog effect and so i i don't think anybody like mcgrath did it mcgrath like completely changed the spectrum in terms of what's possible ricky changed it for other reasons in terms of like the athleticism and the dedication and the work ethic and then james just did his whole own deal of like you can jump a fucking supercross straight in two jumps that's it and you can hit it whoops in fourth gear wide open and then you hit jet you hit jet like i hit him in fifth gear so it's like this constantly moving forward so i don't think anybody 
Well, I, I guess you could make the argument about like Jeremy or Ricky doing, you know, doing yeah. what they did. But in terms of like for me at least, like a visible shift in the spectrum of reality goes to James. Well, I think James shift not only shifted reality for the for Supercross, but I think he molded the new the new that new style of riding. Yeah, like the scrubs and yeah. hitting the, the and hitting the the whoops in fourth. I think that all came from james yeah where ricky he was the goat of supercross the sport right where yeah. like he he won more races more championships than anybody in that in his time and, and hats off to him he deserves it. he won all those races he deserves all that and but i think when it comes to the racing yeah. when it comes to like on track fuck the championships fuck the winning yeah. who's gonna be the fastest guy james stewart yeah yeah i think we're yeah. all in agreement there where i uh disagree you you seem to think that that uh Barsha has as much a chance to win the title as Eli or Cooper yeah please explain that <laughs> I, I, lo- I love how um the audacity you come at me with it anyway, no I just want to know dude bam, bam bam you're on the train I'm on the train yeah but I think be- not I think I'm not gonna say that word I think Justin Barsha is a serious, serious, serious um, contender for this title because of this, because of the new bike, and we don't. Gas Gas has no uh, records or no, no, no proof for history to go off in Supercross. We can look at MXGP and just be like, oh yeah, whatever, it's okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's a but at, at the same time, Casey, what what I understand is that Gas is uh, Gas Gas is all the positives from Husky and KTM put together. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, like. Whatever, whatever's good on the KTM, uh, we'll put on the gas gas. Whatever's good on the Husky, put on whatever the better version of the two are, mm. is on one bike. And you got to think that if gas gas only has one rider and it is Justin Barsha with the with that kind of machine, you'd and plus like we haven't really heard anything that much from Barsha. We've seen riding footage, we haven't really seen too much, heard too much of him talking about the new bike. Yeah. And I think the one thing I I do. I did heard he did hear sorry uh, is that he he was like dude these Austrian manufacturers have been cheating this whole time yeah the the traction this bike gets is up absolutely unbelievable and the 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 power is just crazy so I'm not counting Justin Barsha out on this title one little bit I think he could go to win um, Houston one just like he won Anaheim one two years in a row and maybe continue that to the end of the the Supercross season yeah I definitely think that if there's a favorite for the first round in Houston or the first few rounds in Houston that it's got to be Barsha. Dude, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, to do what he did last year, so he wins in 19 and then he backs it up in 20, there's obvious... Like, do you remember when Josh Grant came out and was winning Anaheim's? Yeah, yeah, It just yeah, became, yeah. like, a thing and then uh, Josh Grant would get every hole shot at Hangtown. Some guys, they just find a gear they yeah. find a thing it clicks in their head and they're like every time every season opener like i'm the yeah, guy true. and then it's yeah. like i've got to just figure out the rest of the season but it's like he's got that confidence from winning those previous races he's gonna feel so much better like the thing with basha to talk about the bike so i don't the gas gas thing I, it's just not a big deal in terms mm-hmm. of like it being nah. gas gas the stock bike 
is got some parts from both and it sort of mixes and matches and it makes a different feeling package but at the factory level like he's basically riding coop's bike yeah they're giving him just it's just a factory ktm in the same way that ando's got a factory that they're all pretty much it's all it's all under the same yeah umbrella yeah so i don't think that the bike's gonna make a big difference in terms of separation between the other um but you also got ktm group manufacturers but you also got to look at cooper webb he went from yamaha went to ktm one title that first year that's true why wouldn't it happen with barsha yeah i just think i I definitely i'm not saying it's not possible i think it's definitely possible i think barsha's a he's won championships in the lights class if you look at who he was battling uh in his lights career it was eli tomac dean wilson Eli Tomac's definitely gone on to do good things. Yeah. So he's obviously on that level. It surprises me, like, how long Barsha's... Well, because it was kind of gnarly, man. Like, Barsha almost just, like, didn't have rides at one point. Like yeah, he was a privateer he, at Monster Cup one year. Yeah, like... So I he, think it was 2015 he was, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of had to, like, skirt yeah. his career around a little bit to get it on track, which makes sense because then I'm pretty sure... Ronan, do you remember? He was a fill-in rider at Yamaha at one point. Yeah, he was. Like, when he first yep. got on it, he right? Was. So, like, he ends up being a, getting that fill-in deal, doing well, and then they keep him on. But it's, like, almost surprised me how long he did stay on that bike just because no one's really seemed to be able to make it work. And, yeah, like definitely. you said, yeah, and Coop, that's Yeah, definitely. That's why I was, I was also saying Justin Barsha because when you look at you know, you got to look at the manufacturer choice of championships from 250 to 450. Yeah. When, you know, obviously we see the Japanese manufacturers in the lights class doing really well. Yeah. Yamaha, Cowie, not much Suzuki, but those two manufacturers and, and Honda. Honda did does did really well with Barsha. Geico Honda, did. they won two championships together. And then when he went to the 450, it's not really the Japanese manufacturers that do well in the 450 class that much anymore. Like, yeah, yeah Eli Tomac won on a, on a Kawasaki last year, but but if you but look the, at like if you the look top at, five if you most look, weekends, yeah, yeah, if you look at the top five most weekends, especially you know, Dungey won four championships in a row, and then it was J- Jason Anderson on on a Husqvarna, then Cooper Webb, then Eli Tomac. So you can't really look at be like, I mean, I can't really. You can't I'm really not, call Jap bikes like I, the yeah, bike yeah. to be on anymore in the no, 450 class. No, no, no way. I think that the the I think that the Austrian manufacturers have pretty sorted out the 450 class, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that having someone like Barsha that rides like as aggressive as he does on the Austrian bike will only lead to him having better results than he did on the Yamaha, in my opinion. Because I think like he didn't really gel with the Yamaha, and I've only heard like bad, not bad stories, but how uncooperative the factory Yamaha team was with their riders mm. especially in the factory team it was funny um, who was I I was watching uh, is it Jai Walker the Aussie dude oh, and, oh fuck I'm spacing it Jeff Walker no the guy up there <laughs> no um, oh Jai anyway he's doing fuck I feel like a dickhead now uh, he's doing awesome content here in Australia Oh, Joel Evans, fuck what? Joel oh, Walker. Joel Evans. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yep. Shit, I feel like a fucking yep. kook. Anyway, uh, he made an awesome video about suspension testing, and he said that um, he went to Raceline 
and asked for because he's on KTM's. He's like, yeah. I just want to run exactly what Ferris run. Okay. And then they're like, you won't like it. Nobody <laughs> likes Ferris's suspension. Ferris has his suspension set up one way. It doesn't fucking work for anybody else, but that's what he likes. And then Joel was like, nah, give me that suspension. I want to use it. It was fucking dog shit. Like right. he, he couldn't ride with it. And then that made sense because like factory Yamaha just wouldn't let Dean change his bike. So he goes over there, does high point, gets on the box on his own shit from Australia and then factory when he starts to ride for factory Yamaha they're just like nah man you're not you're not allowed like we're not doing your suspension like that so like you get a guy that's won races all over the world won multiple championships in Australia and then you want to tell him like 27 28 year old seasoned veteran that he can't run the suspension that he has won on all over the world it's, so it, like yeah. that is the level at which factory Yamaha was operating on was anyway they're, they're no longer which is good so. now that they're with Star man it, it'll be hopefully insane to see the change and maybe that bike will finally get because that bike wins all the shootouts yeah definitely as, as in a privateer I personally don't like the 450 Yamaha yeah um, it just feels big to me, like yeah, too big. I think they and that's were, what a lot of yeah. people say. But like Sleater fucking loves it, so I think it just depends on the the build of the person. Yeah, like Plessinger was saying that um the Star 450 is so much better than the factory Yamaha 450 that he was riding before. Yeah, I bet. And he was just saying how much better it is. But I was also talking to a friend about this not too long ago, and he thinks that Yamaha won't do that well in the Premier class until they change their chassis because mm. it's too big of a bike. Yeah, it just feels bulky, man. Yeah. And I think, like, that's the thing when you get on a KTM or a Honda. Like, that's my main two yeah, reference that's, points. Yeah, that, that's my thing as well. It's like with Barsha, he's on a smaller chassis. Well, he's a small guy, too. Like, he's yeah, not a he's, big yeah. dude, you know? I, I, I would be taller than Barsha. Yeah. And he's, yeah, and now that he's on the smaller, more nimble setup, that's my argument with, with Barsha leaving factory Yamaha going to Gas Gas. Is because the Austrian manufacturers obviously have a more nimble setup. It's lighter, yeah. and obviously they they don't like speed. Yeah. So, and Bar we all know when Barsha was in the Premier class, he was on the rev limiter the entire time, and yeah. I can only see that being on he's being on the gas with the gas gas now. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, can you go pull up on Instagram? Go to Tom Genet, or it's on Verb maybe. Um, Dude, they're putting us such good videos. Verba? Yeah. yeah shout out I'm to so them. stoked on their videos. Were you around hardcore in moto in like Verb heyday? Like, no, definitely oh, not. Yeah. Go, yeah, there. Um, um, yeah, that third one on the left, down the bottom. That one. Yeah, yeah, this one. This one. Yep. You can, isn't it crazy to hear the, um, give us some volume, bro? Yeah, probably have to yeah oh there we go listen to the difference in bikes between Ando and Basha yeah definitely more of a grunty nah just the revs man yeah. listen to like the the part of the power that they're riding in yeah listen to Basha yeah yeah he's in a higher gear jason is on a lower gear you can hear him just yeah. choking choking the head 
choking the head <laughs> just chugging chugging away go to um go to verb as well maybe there was like a another good video on verbs instagram but yeah dude bosh is one of the most interesting cats in the sport definitely purely based on how he rides a motorcycle there's not many dudes that ride his style like as soon as you get out of the lights class everyone's like righto you can't ride a 450 like this you can't do this tomac is probably the only other guy that rides it but again i think he manhandles it more than he revs it go up a bit yeah he definitely lets the he bike like do manhandles his job. it yeah. but bash is just keep going up definitely yeah he's so, definitely good at putting the bike in places yeah maybe it's that like, gas gas yeah or maybe that's just a uh nah do you so, think gas gas is on a second 450 rider uh no i don't think so definitely not this late in the yeah season. that that one up there yeah i watched his video the other day so this is for people just listening this is Barsha on the on the Falfetti dude the red looks so good oh maybe then it literally not. looks like a KTM like I look at when I when I see the test track footage I'm like oh it's KTM yeah it's, it is a red KTM yeah but I love that red the cherry red baby yeah this isn't Barsha footage maybe have a little hunt around YouTube see if there's any any Barsha footage floating around on YouTube what do you what do you think about um do you know how in Supercross where they come out with like the standings yeah what's gonna be the difference between Gas Gas and Honda because they're both red so like oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah what yeah. do you think will do you think uh, I don't know yeah that's yeah, a hard one about that um yeah but yeah where, let's get some oh there's a there's a Honda team video we should watch that too yeah <clears throat> Alright, let's watch this real quick. Just put, just turn the, take the audio off the master track, and just put the S on the. Oh, that's my mate. That's Hunter. Shout out to Hunter, Hunter Lawrence. I don't know why I have to do a shit Aussie accent. I've probably got <laughs> one stock. Those bikes look good. Forty one, I like that. You yeah, know, he changes number, so weird. You know who else was forty one from the sunny coast that fucking sends it? Who? Ford Dale. Bringing it back, those sunny coast vibes, you know. I fucking hate eighteen. I think it's the shittest number. I don't know why. <laughs> Probably because t- of Millsaps, that's why. Oh yeah, that's Just right. Never liked it, eh? Jet I just think Jet should go back to forty nine. Forty nine looked good. Yeah. I think I, he does yeah, yeah I don't think he could I think he had to run that for some reason it's so I think the number oh. rule in the AMA is so fucking stupid it's kind of weird eh yeah I don't really understand it I think they definitely should change when um someone's moving up from the lights class to the 450 class if they don't get the option to have the um single digit number just cause they're moving up a class yeah I think they should win the class to get a single digit number not win a championship not in not on that bike thing yeah, be able to yeah. have like a single digit number in the class up I don't think that I think they should change that how uh, what do you think about sex and doing the old monster thing it's weird man I think that um, it looks good yeah like I, I, he looks good with it like red bike monster helmet looks good but I think it'll just be a, it'll just be weird for I guess for me because I'm a, such a as you know big fan that um, it'll just be weird to have um, a monster helmet and a red bull helmet under the same tent yeah yeah especially like when when you obviously you see gears gear sponsors they're all different yeah but it's obviously it's just it's not like you know completely oh. night and day 
Yeah. Sexton quadding at the test track like it's nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do, what do you think about that? I just don't think. I think that Sexton's such like a Red Bull dude. Like, I feel yeah, like, true, you know what I mean? True, I feel true. like he just fits Red Bull a lot more than I think Red Monster. Bull should have just sponsored the team. Yeah. yeah but then true. there's already, there's now there's two Red Bull teams. There's you know, Gas Gas and KTM. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, like, if you're Red Bull, like, do you really need another athlete? But, um, just, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, Chase is such, like, a clean-cut, all-American dude. Yeah. And it's, like, it's cool, but, yeah, I just feel like if he had a Red Bull helmet on, I'd be like, damn, yeah, that really fits. But, um... Definitely, I agree. Dude, this footage is sick. It's just weird how, um, Jet and him literally have the same kit. Just yeah. Jet has a Red Bull helmet and Sexton has a monster. Dude, Sexton is my dark horse for the championship. Yeah, that's a very good pick. I feel very, like Sexton could be a rookie that wins the championship. A hundred percent. When was the last time rookie won a 450? Dunge. Yeah, 2010. 2010. Yep. The th- it's crazy these days how good you are as a rookie coming into the 450 class. Well, he's all. Uh, uh, can you really class him as a rookie if he's already ru- raced supercross? A pr- yeah, for su- a like supercross it, rookie. Yeah, but not a 450. It's so rookie. different, like yeah. to race outdoors versus supercross on a 450. Yeah, double definitely. the amount of races, essentially double definitely. the power, quadruple the competition. So, like to step into the 450 class as a rookie is. I feel like that's a, a big deal. But yeah, yeah Sexton, True. I feel like yeah. Sexton wins five races minimum. If he can stay on his bike, 100%. But he doesn't really crash. But the thing here is that you also got to remember is that a lot of rookies don't normally do good their first year on the 450. Yeah. A- Adam C. and Cirillo is one of those people. No, I'd say and Adam like, did amazing in his first year. He didn't win a race, but I feel like he did incredibly well. He his qualified first, first, like, I think every every race I yeah think, some like every race he went to he was up there yeah yeah i think it was like the first seven races or something that he qualified first is there any Barsha stuff yeah, no, oh yeah 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 let's let's put this on give it a bit of volume too actually this this is just such like a telltale sign with Barsha, you know yeah he rides the motorcycle so much different to everybody else when i don't know when when i was younger and watching my cousin race and stuff when I thought about dirt, like dirt bike racing, like with Ricky and James and stuff, and also um, Jeremy McGrath, yeah. When you think about like that nasty kind of like scrubbing on the back wheel, high revs, that's Barsha, yeah. you know, like he kind of brings that old school flavor well, to back to Supercross. They all kind of ride, like listen to that. Yeah. They all kind of ride like this in the outdoors. Yeah. Jesus. He's riding that thing like a 250. And he's really the only dude that rides it in that Like st- that, oh, dude, dude, yeah. That was techie as fuck. He moves around the bike so good, man. But this this looks like vintage Barsha. Yeah. This this looks like this looks like the Barsha that was winning the most feared yeah. dude to race again. Like at one point, Barsha was the guy no one wanted to line up against. Especially and, if you realize Tomac. <laughs> oh, dude. You know, so I, I really think that he's sort of bringing that back for 2021. Definitely. And, man, like, that was a guy that... 
I don't know that there's... I feel like Coop's probably a guy where mentally he's really trying to beat dudes before they go to the line. And I think that that's a big part of why Coop won the championship in 2019. Yeah, true. And is kind of a guy that can bring that to the table. He's kind of a guy that can get inside your head before the race even starts. But yeah. the thing with Barsha is these guys know that they consistently don't have to worry about him and especially like later in the race he'll have his good races that's the thing with Coop is you know that you're going to have to deal with the mental side of it with him and he's the kind of guy that can beat you before the race and you know that you also have to worry about him literally to the last corner of every heat every semi every LCQ every main like you constantly have to watch your back Cooper Webb and you know he will always be there Barsha doesn't have that right now but he has the ability to make you not want to race him and I think that that combined with a good bike combined with being there in you know each weekend that's actually a recipe for him to start like really doing some damage I reckon yeah well uh, my my reply to that is you also like you also got to remember that it's not about the size of the dog in, in the fight it's about the size of the fight in the dog mm. and i think coop brings that so well yeah like coop will like what you said he every he'll race you to the very very last corner as we saw with with ken in houston or dallas yeah, and dallas. With, with, in dallas you were there bro yeah sorry <laughs> texas texas to texas me. is texas <laughs> so it's just um i, I just say houston because next weekend but yeah dude it's just like what i said is like like yeah it's not about it's not a, it's just about how much you want it yeah and we haven't really seen that from Barsha as of recent but I think that's going to change with this new bike yeah because I feel like it's going to give him a little bit more confidence he can move around it better as we just seen he kind of manipulates the way he his body weight versus the bike it's just like I think I think we're going to see different but we're going to see different Justin Barsha this year Wait, fine. You know what we should watch? Go and have a look for uh, test track footage of him on the Yamaha. Like, Barsha testing 2020. See if there's, like, a test track vid. Get the two-stroke Yeah, there one. you go. Test track laps with Barsha. Shout out to Transwell Motocross, actually. All right, Transwell Motocross. Turn it down a bit for us, bro. So let's see how, like, you you want to talk about, like, movement on the bike. Dude, that helmet's so sick. Dude, I know. I'm kind of bummed he's not on, like, Alpine Stars and Araya anymore. What's he wearing? Oh, Troy Troy Lee. Dude, that Troy Troy Lee Red Bull helmet, I'm not a fan of it, eh? I haven't really looked at that much. He has, like, the Red Bull on, like, the bottom of the helmet. Yeah. He should have had a whole Red Bull helmet, in my opinion. Nah, well, he, he doesn't have a personal deal. It's a team deal. Yeah. Yeah, that bike just doesn't look as nimble with him on no, it, eh? No like he, That's you, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. Like, he can't move around it in the same way. Damn, dude. That's crazy when you watch it back-to-back like that. Yeah, and and like what I said, that he can't really manipulate the Yamaha yeah. like he does with the Gas Gas. And he kind of rides... He lets the bike ride him a lot. With this, like, in the Yamaha test footage, you can see him kind of letting the bike do its job not trying to like override it where yeah. the gas gas you can see him just he's just like he's doing what he wants he's to doing do. what he wants to do yeah yeah this is interesting man he does not look nearly as good on this yamaha 
Trying to just listen for the bike. That's why when people, you know, I talked to Lucas about this a little bit, where he's like, you got to watch for Fernandes on the 450. I'm like, well, it depends on what bike he's riding. And I, I think for me, seeing him on Star would be good. If the Star bike's better than this bike, yeah. But I don't think Fernandes would be any do anything too crazy in his rookie season either. Yeah, well, Fernandes has such a different style, man. Like, if you want to talk about styles of of bikes oh dude dude he does not look good here yeah wow when you back to back this with the gas gas footage like he looks like he's just having so much fun dude, with that gas gas yeah wow but man i know that from my, my own 350 like yeah. i ride that 350 the weight's like pretty much the same you gotta stop that for a second the um the weight's like only a kilo or something off the 450 or whatever uh, yeah. but like I just feel so like it's so easy to ride it's light and to me like I'm not the best rider so like I chase that shit so yeah, much yeah, just like a good light agile feeling I feel like I can make mistakes and it's not going to cost me but man that's like that's visibly there's visibly a big difference that's there. what that's that was my whole argument with why I think Barsh is going to win this year is the Austrian manufacturer versus the Japanese manufacturer mm. and I think that's that will give him that edge like we saw Justin win two SX titles in a row on, on the lights class yeah but why you know I feel like he just didn't have the tools to make the job happen yeah in my opinion but I think now that in, in 2021 we're going to see a different Justin Barsh who's going to come out and shock a lot of people dude I know like, too like this is not speaking ill of Barsh at all I've never really had too much to do with him I'm a massive fan There's, this is no negativity but there was a stage when he was winning those championships. Like, he was fucking balling out of control. Like, there was this, yeah. there was a vibe that he was putting out. Like, he, he was really embracing the young rock star vibe <laughs> of the sport. He was like, I was in offices with, like, while well, he was calling people about Lambos and shit. And yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah, what yeah, the fuck yeah. you just want a lights title, bro? You're going to buy a I Lambo? Know. You have a three-kilometer dirt driveway. You can't have a Lamborghini. But, yeah. like, I think that there's a shift, and why I say this is, I was around Dunge a lot, never fucking saw that dude even reference a nice car. He had the same... Dunge has still, to this day, has the truck that he bought with his rookie contract money. Jeez. So that's, like, there's definitely... There's nothing wrong, like, if you no, want, no, if you want to ball not. out, ball out. But there's... It, I think it speaks to the focus that you've got as an athlete when you're mid like you're in the thick of it you just won two lights titles you're going into the 450 class you're in the thick of it you're in the time where you need to bunker down restrict yourself from everything yeah like, don't even jerk off if that's what it takes yeah but you've just got to fucking get your mind in the zone and like any thoughts of any of the rock star shit that you can like now like he was making good money he could have done that but you don't have to do that. Dunge yeah. never did that. Poto never did that. There's a certain We mindset, all know Poto never did that. <laughs> you know, there's a certain yeah. mindset that you've got to occupy. And I think that at some point, Basha definitely drifted a little bit. 
and results oh, drifted as well. So now it's like he's older now. Has he got a kid now? I don't think like so. Married? I know he's, he's married, married and stuff. But, you know, he's married. He's sort of life settling down a little bit for him. He's kind of had some... Up until that point, it was just like this was his career. Yeah. And then it's gone here and it's gone here and it's gone here. And in all those peaks and all those troughs and all those valleys, when that kind of stuff's going on, like you really do learn some stuff. So hopefully, yep. like we could be looking at this perfect storm of Basha growing up, getting onto a great bike that he knows can win applying all of the lessons from all of the years of you know kind of being a little bit lost in the sport and maybe this is the recipe that then brings him back to being like a serious contender definitely i think that if you got to to, to f- fix a problem you got to know it first you got to yeah. know the problem at hand first and i think that obviously justin didn't have a lot of problems he just got he just lost focus yeah and now that I guess for him, you'd want to learn. You learn way more losing as you do winning. Yeah. And I think he lost enough to know that what it takes to win. Yeah. And now that he knows what it takes to win, and he's made that big step onto the new manufacturer yeah. with those lessons. Yeah. It's only yeah, like you said, it's the recipe for greatness. And the thing is, it's not a knock. No. Like there's, mate, to keep the level of focus and commitment. Like that's why you see a dude like Dunn retire because he just never wavered, and you see a guy like. Villapoto retire they never fucking wavered they almost didn't enjoy the fruits of their labor ever until until they were just like dude i'm done like i can't do it anymore because they knew that you know any of those distractions is just not conducive to success so it's like you know you look at basha he's gonna have a way longer career maybe those little distractions in the middle and kind of going off course a little bit lets you race for a little bit longer even you know so yeah it's it's not a knock on him he's not an idiot for doing it there's no i'm not trying to bring any negativity on him. no 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 no, it's just an observation there was definitely a point in his career where he went off in different directions that probably weren't conducive to winning and now he's found his way back and it could could be but i mean I just don't think for me, like, I guess how we started this whole thing is you saying that he's as much of a contender as Coop and Eli. A, he doesn't have a title to in the 450 class. So I think that just that automatically gives them, uh, they're on a, like a different tier. True. So if you've got like tiers yeah. of people who can win the championship, I'm going to say Eli, uh, Coop and Ando. They're the three dudes on the top tier True. for me personally. Yeah just because they've already done it before true and then the second tier of guys goes chase sexton well let's say ken roxon stand alone just under that first tier because he's won probably the most races out of you know other than those guys and he is a seasoned dude i definitely think that ken you can't i don't think you can talk about any championship without having ken in the conversation with all the injuries aside with all purely because Kenny is capable of being a podium guy on any weekend like there's no time where you could go to a race and say Ken Roxon cannot podium this weekend like maybe after some practice times and shit like that comes out nah fuck even then like there's no time that I think Ken lines up on a main event where I can't see him being on the box definitely and what wins championships just being on the box so I think Ken is right there in the conversation. And then underneath that, for me, it'd be Chase Sexton, Barsha, and Adam Cincerello. 
are those. So that's like, to me, mm. I've got like these three tiers of championship possibles. But yeah, Eli, Coop, and Ando, they sit alone because they're the three dudes that have done it before. I, it's a good, good, yeah, they're good tiers for sure. And I, I agree with all of them. Yeah, true. I but think I think that, that that's mean, I'm not saying Barsha can't win no, the no, title. No, no, exactly right. But what, what, all, all I guess my, my um, what I, what I stand with Barsha is the riding is his riding. Yeah. Right? Is like, yeah, I know, he, we all know he doesn't have a 450 championship and, and that's what takes him out of that, that conversation. But I think that with Barsha just be I think with Barsha just like riding that good yeah as good as the other guys regardless of his like yeah I I think that's what's also going to win this championship is him showing up to every race and racing like that every race yeah and I think that's what obviously like that's what's going to win the championship is him being on like he was at the test track at every race yeah and then consistently being on the box like what you said but I don't think that that puts him in that category yet mm. but I can see it happening yeah yeah. Um, so there's one clip I wanted to watch can you go to Tom Janae's Instagram again and let's play with full sound the clip of Eli Tomac doing like so I've got the the James Stewart thing of like the shit that he made possible on a Supercross track Superman he's the on only, yeah the only dude yeah literally <laughs> Super, the seriously. only dude that sort of looks yeah that video right there this video is fucked up have you ever seen anybody manhandle a 450 on a Supercross track like this oh my gosh have you watched this no He's a psycho. Fucking hell. He looks so good. Bro. Jesus Christ. Look at him. Oh, it's so gnarly. Oh! How? Like how? One more time, one more time, one more time. Yeah. Dude, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this. I've been to a lot of tracks and I've seen a lot of people ride. I don't know that I've ever seen this. There's one berm that he goes into this right-hander and you can hear the bike. Like yeah. it's literally everything, dude. I think it's this next turn. Oh no, it's no, this is the worst. Yeah. Oh no. Even the way he's just fucking hammering these things. It's. I think it's this next one. Yeah, here. Oh my oh, gosh, bro! Is he fucking serious, dude? Dude, dude, you know what I was watching the other day is um him when yeah, he first. Yeah, turn the sound off on that for us. Jeez. Mate, if we're running an Instagram championship, he wins. Yeah, literally. He's already won the Instagram championship of the preseason. That is some of the most... Like, 
to me, that's equally as impressive as like a James thing. Like he's not doing James stuff there, but he's still doing some shit no yeah. one else is doing. Like, dude, it is hectic how hard he is riding that bike. And you know the other fucking crazy thing? He can do that for 20 minutes. Yeah. Fine. Literally. Doesn't give a fuck. That's crazy. He needs to show up and do that every weekend though. That's and kind of he the... Did, yeah, but the thing, we know old Eli, mm-hmm. right? We know old Eli, and yeah, I'm not going to say he got lucky, he deserves it, but there's a chance they could come back. It happened in Anaheim 1 last year where his pants came off, and he, I think mm. he finished, didn't even finish in the top 15. Yeah. So, like, if that... He just limited those mistakes. Yeah. And that's how he won the championship last year. Yeah. I was um I was talking to um, Ben from Bell today, yeah. and um, he's, like, spent a lot of time with Eli, because I think Eli's been on Bell for, like, six years now, and... Um, and he was saying something that was kind of weird to me today is that Eli felt like he's always had something to prove. And I guess it makes sense because up until last year, he'd never won. But like, I always saw Eli as one of the best to ever do it. I think we all did. I think you'd be crazy if you didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I guess when you don't have that one championship, like that kind of just follows you around. And maybe I didn't give that enough weight. Like the fact that he hadn't won a supercross, but in my eyes, like at least you didn't. At least you didn't like talk down to him like a lot of other reporters did. That was saying you'll never do it. Well, I'm not a reporter. (laughs) I'm just yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I just think like he is one of the most badass dudes ever on a on a bike. And yeah, I guess it makes sense. But to hear to hear Ben say that yeah, he like always felt like he had a point to prove, man he might have been adding some pressure to himself that he didn't need to add. Like, True. Like, there was nothing that needed to be added there. Like, he just kind of had to go and... He was always going to win a Supercross championship. There's just... There's only so many times you can get that close and not win. But you also got to... Re- you also got to remember, I know this from personal experience from my sport, is Everyone, that... Brandon's <clears throat> an Olympian, by the way. We haven't really mentioned <laughs> not, not, that yet. Not, not yet. You're about to be an Olympian. But, um... It's just the fact that Eli has been in the shadow of Dungey that those whole three championships, four championships. You gotta yeah. remember that watching someone you know you're better than winning every mm. single race or doing better than you every single race, you know you're faster than that guy and you know you're 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 better than him. And watching those those guys win championships over you just like boils your inside. So I can only imagine Eli just sitting just sitting on the bike just thinking why hasn't this happened yet? Yeah. I need to show everyone that I'm better than these guys and I, I he is better than those guys and to show these guys and not just them, the whole world. Yeah, that, but it's because everyone's like amping up Dungey, amping up Villapoto, he's like, dude, I'm better than these guys. Yeah. And he finally got to prove that he's a supercross he's a supercross champion. Yeah. And and I think he's gonna it, it could he could go back to back. Imagine oh, if he goes yeah. back to back. It's a very big possibility. And if he does, he gets put in that small tier of riders that got to do it back to back. Because yeah. you know, there's only 22 Supercross championships. So 22 champions. Champions, yeah. Yeah. It's only 22 champions. That's crazy. Yeah, that's not a lot. And I'm at, I don't know how many champions have gone back to back or even got more than one. Yeah. But he could be in a even more elite tier as well. Dude, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. Dude, hundred percent. Like, dude, it's crazy. So his dad. This is what John makes Tomac. this is what yeah. makes Eli Tomac even gnarlier. His dad doesn't get enough recognition. Like people don't attach like 
uh, John Tomac to the Eli thing and in enough capacity maybe like he's kind of just on his own he, he stands alone all of his achievements are on his own right definitely but everything that Eli's done has been in the biggest shadow you could possibly have not in moto but like when you say John Tomac in cycling and mountain biking it's like saying Ricky Carmichael literally and people yeah. don't give that so it's like Kelly Slater having a kid or Conor McGregor having a kid and then Conor McGregor's kid goes out and is the best fucking mixed martial artist on the planet after you've just had your dad do it. Yeah. Like, the pressure... There's nobody on the line in Supercross that has that associated with them. How many kids of super gnarly dudes are complete fuck-ups? Dude, I can't... Like, all of them, nearly? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So, like, to have that pressure of John Tomac being your dad, and it might not mean that much to the moto community, and maybe that sort of... Maybe that was skirted around in terms of, like, the media coverage and the narrative that was around Eli Tomac, but, man, going to bed every night as a 10-year-old Eli Tomac, getting up in the morning knowing that, your dad was going to train you again and you were going to go on a cycle bike ride and you were going to go to the races and your house is decorated with all of your dad's achievements like that we didn't see all of that the moto community that wasn't the narrative but for Eli that was the narrative man yeah. like he was living in this insanely large shadow of his dad his mum was an Olympic level she track and field or something like okay. that and That's then cool. his brother's a fighter pilot <laughs> You know what I'm like? They have an insane family, dude. Yeah. So, like, even just the internal pressure of Eli to line up and try and achieve, like, greatness in the same way that his dad did, man. Like, that's a huge task. And I just, from being a kid, you know what I mean? Like, to try and live up to your parents' expectations would be heavy. I can only imagine the pressure growing up and seeing John Tomac on the walls and then all of his friends say, your, your dad's oh, like your a dad. go. Yeah, yeah, your dad, your dad. Yeah. And then like him at the test track on the Cowie and just people like fans or something just be like, you're like, yeah, you're great, but Dunge. You're yeah. great, but Villapoto. You're yeah. great, but XYZ, Cooper Webb, whatever. Imagine like going, living like that your entire life and then, 20, then 2020 rolls up and you're just like, no, I'm gonna fucking show yeah, everyone that yeah. Eli Tomac is Eli Tomac, not yeah. not John Tomac's son. Well, like, you and know? I think that the sport hasn't really, in terms of the media coverage and the narrative, I don't think that's the thing that people really focus on. I feel like that's probably been like a B side storyline um, of Tomac's career. But in terms of, I'd say that was definitely something that definitely, that Eli yeah, yeah. went to bed with every single night. You and know? you also got to look at it as that as that what you just said is when he goes to bed what is he thinking about and I know 100% Eli's a champion yeah that he's not thinking about oh I wonder how hard the road bike ride's gonna be tomorrow I wonder how yeah. hard the training's gonna be he's thinking about just like do I need like how am I gonna not only how I'm gonna get my point across but how am I gonna implement it for years to come yeah yeah because he wants people to think he's the best of all time yeah every supercross racer does even athletes like myself we every time I win a contest I want everyone to know that I'm the fucking best yeah and just same as in the same in supercross where these racers want to go out and win one race and think 
you know they've won the whole championship yeah and yeah. they and and they want everyone to remember they've won that one race yeah. for the rest of their life it's not going to happen yeah. but one thing you can do is control is control the championship just be like look if i win this championship people will remember yeah yeah and they're not going to forget a championship but they'll forget an anaheim one win or yeah 100 you know what i mean and i think that to- tomac has i think he's lost i think he's won less races last year yeah than like then like yeah 20 in the 2018 I think he won like 10 races and lost the championship yeah isn't that i think he they were they were saying that he's the most he's won the most races without, without a, champ- a championship without yeah. a championship yeah, he's like fucking happy gilmore when he's like uh i was the only guy to ever take off one of my skates and stab someone with it <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's a record you don't want no definitely and Dude. also like when you think about like for me when you when you mentioned eli tomac i just think about just like the ride he put on in Salt Lake City in 2017 against Dungey and they had they both had red plates and when the gate dropped it was just like whoever finished in front of who kept the red plate and I think it was like the th- that was the third race of the third to go the third last race of the championship and I think he got a bad start he was in like 20th or something Dungey was leading and dude Tomac just like was on just yeah. going we all know like just that but just going on the rev limiter going 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 like not taking people out but passing him passing him fairly squarely showing him that yeah. he's the fastest guy and then when he finally got Dungy I was just like here we go we're gonna win we're gonna win another championship but then I think the second to last race was um not was it four Lord, not four Lord of nah, are you talking about um New York yeah, yeah, a, yeah, and, and then he, he crashed in the whoops, and yeah, then, and then and, he crashed again. Yeah, 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 and I was just like, Tomac's gonna win this championship. He just needs to stay on his bike, and then yeah. that happens, you know. Yeah, I think if Tomac were to give that same thing every single race, there's no, there's no point to prove that's that's yeah, that's yeah, the guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, the, you want to talk about like the Dungey thing, man? Dungey, have you ever watched Moneyball? Nah. Oh, like where they they get in like a phone box and no, the money like, comes up. No, the Jonah Hill movie about baseball. It's like nah, a Jonah Hill, nah. Brad Pitt, epic movie. Have you ever watched that, Ronan? Epic fucking movie. Yeah. So anyway, it was basically the Oakland A's were the shittest team in baseball, and okay. then they hired this guy who was like a statistician, and they basically picked their entire roster off the stats that win baseball games okay so they were like okay we need to, i know nothing about baseball and all of the yeah, americans we, we are gonna listen to this yeah. all right don't fucking crucify me but it's like we need this average this batting average minimum from this guy and then we need x amount of guys on base so we're not going to get guys that have the best uh stats for you know runs we're going to get the guys with the best stats for getting guys on base Mm-hmm. So, like, they just fully broke down the numbers, right? And just played of, a logistical game. Yeah, and just played <clears throat> this stat. So then the, the movie was called Moneyball. It's unreal, dude. Like, you definitely, check definitely it out. need to watch it. But basically, Dungy was the Moneyball guy. Oh, definitely. 100%. Like, and, dude, when, when we were with JDR, I used to say to, um, like, when Malcolm was doing good and he started, like, winning, um, getting on podiums and shit like that, I used to say to Malcolm, I was like, dude just do the money ball thing you can't get any better than second so you're not allowed to win yeah. and you're not allowed to get any worse than fourth and you just do that if you do that statistically you win the championship yeah. no matter if x you know what i mean obviously if a guy goes and wins every race but statistically those guys aren't doing it and that's kind of what dunge did man 
Dunge just was playing Moneyball. He was just like, cool, I'll get third. Cool, I'll get second. Cool, I'll get second. I'll get second. But he just yeah. didn't give a fuck, man. He just knew he was just like, I'm trusting in the numbers. The numbers say that if I get on the box every single weekend, I win the championship. True. And that's what happened. And he did it four times in a row. Yeah. And, and like, man, I'd, I'd think that if I was, if I'm Jet in 2021, for this is like the kind of guy that it could work for, right? The guy that can win every race theoretically like he's got the speed I have no doubt 100%. but you say to that kid you're like hey for the first three rounds of the series you can't get any better than second doesn't matter doesn't matter like unless you're like everyone would be like fuck you retarded what if you're out front by 20 seconds okay that's a different <laughs> story that's a different story but you know Stop what I mean like, burnout. Wait for- your mental headspace needs to be I, I guess it's more that's the plan you're committing to if you can win then win but commit to this mental plan of like, all right, I need to get three races in and I need to be worst race fourth, best race second. If I do yeah. that, I'm in the points for sure. Super close to the championship. And then X, the X, 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 then you basically are like going to win a championship purely just on, on the numbers. Just a logistical side of things. Yeah. And yeah. that's the game that Dunge played. Coop kind of played the same game. Yeah. You know, like the championship that Coop won very similar just yeah. be there be on the box like obviously he he did do a bunch of winning but the thing is is that like with supercross the tracks are so different from round to round i mean this year will be a little bit different because we'll be in the same stadiums with the same dirt true but it's like guys can do like tomac can do so good on some dirt practically unbeatable on certain dirt certain tracks and then extremely beatable on others yeah. you know so it's like you just with all of these different variables that are going on, you just got to play the numbers game. And if you can really commit to that and keep that shit, because where, and where you lose it is like the middle of a battle. Yeah. You're in yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you and rocks and you're going tooth and now, or great example. And this is, this is one of the things I'm interested to see this year. Barsha versus Eli. Those two always have a way to find each other on the track. And then Barsha yeah. never passes Tomac clean ever ever i don't think barsha's a lot of barsha's passes aren't clean dude i think that's stressful man can you imagine being barsha and knowing that you were going to make all of those like i'm not going to say dirty passes that it's just aggressive but just like every pass being aggressive the fucking anxiety that that must bring to the (laughs) dude like i'm watching my back i'm watching my back but you also got to remember too like the dirtiest passes in history haven't come from guys like Justin Barsha or Dylan Ferrandes in, but it's come from guys that you would le- least expect it. Mm. Like Cooper Webb took out Marvin in 2017. I can't remember what what uh, exactly what race it was, but they were coming into the send section right after the finish line, and Marvin was in first, uh, Coop was in second, and they were going over this like sand like hill, yeah. like it wasn't a jump. It was just like they have to like single it, and he. Coop literally push just shoves him off the track. Oh yeah, yeah. I and I was just, that. and then I think he got dropped back to fourth or, or something like that. And I was just like, it's passes like that that are the dirtiest in my opinion. Like obviously we can talk about the Dylan Franis thing. Like that was absolutely bullshit. In my oh, I feel like that was like, a mistake <clears throat> on Dylan's part. I actually I will, will defend I, him I, in that. I'll I I'll def- I'm not going to defend Dylan, but you can't pass someone if you're right behind them. And plus, his where his momentum was going didn't make sense for a pass, or where he, or like, like where he took out 
Christian Craig was at the end of a berm and then right next to the berm was, was the mechanics. Yeah. Like, you could... What, what were we going to do? Use the mechanics as a berm? Like yeah, you, but that, that's... Like, the, you missed that whole berm. Yeah, I think... So, for the way that I saw that crash, Ferrandis comes in super hot. It's fucking slick. He's on the flat. He comes in. He's got so much more speed than what Craig was carrying and then just pushes the front and just pushes it. Once you've got... Do you think he would have crashed in crash on accident and then I just think there's a point where like you've got no control over the motorcycle and your front is just pushing away from you and like so ideally if he keeps traction the bike turns and he cuts underneath him but when you don't when you break traction with that front wheel your full lock and then yeah, your yeah, weight's yeah. on the well, inside well he did slide into then him. you're yeah. then you're just going straight that way so that's what you know when they say like you push the front so it pushes off the line that you intended to be on if you keep traction the front wheel doesn't push then you stay yeah. on that line so i just think that yeah i think that he just was getting to the front and he just fucking pushed the front and that was just like the worst place to collide with somebody and then i think there's a element of it too where craig checks up because he sees him coming yeah you know what i mean and because he checks up and braces for it then he's he's right there so i i think that was like the perfect storm to make like the fucking most spectacular takeout in history but i definitely don't think that it was as intentional of it uh of a pass like a dirty pass is what people would think but Ferrandis hasn't got the greatest track record. Like, he's definitely known as being, like, a fucking gnarly passer. Yeah. But, man, it'd be interesting to see if that shit can fly in the 450 class. Yeah, true. I'm really, I'm really anxious to see how he goes in the 450 class. I just wish I'm... he wasn't injured because he's yeah, coming he... off an injury. Yeah, he broke his hand, didn't he? Yeah, broke his wrist or hand yeah. or something. I saw... Did you see the crash? Nah. He was in a rhythm section. He was, like... I think he was doing a triple What's or a quad. Can we find it? Uh, yeah, it's it should be on Instagram. Have you seen it, Ronan? Yeah, I've seen it. Fuck yeah, Ronan's on it. Dude, yeah. that video of Tomac is still... That's <laughs> by far, like... Heck, dude. By far. Absolutely love it. Who's this kid? He's been filming everyone, dude. I've seen him. Like, Go he's up. filmed a bunch of Go jet up. shit. Damn. Okay. Yeah, he, fi- he filmed a lot of shit for Jet. Yeah, that kid's sick then by the looks. I like his shit. I like his feed, you know? Yeah. I think we all like his feed. Oh, he has Rider D in there. Dude, did you see Rider D is riding for a new gear company? Yeah, Pete Fox made it. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so sick. I saw that Instagram. Is it on Ferrandis? It's probably not, eh? Shout out to Tom Janae for making the dopest shit. We're going to have to come back to this page, too. I yeah. want to watch Ando ride. Is that... um? down in the rock the rock star Husqvarna kit oh yeah is that Styles Robinson or Talon that's, Talon Hawkins that's Ando that's Ando yeah oh, okay. boy it's my boy Ando is by far and away the coolest rider in Supercross I don't give a fuck what anyone says there is nobody in the sport right now as cool as Jason Anderson hands down. yeah true he's style one of, he's on one of the, the bike style off the bike he can fucking send it with the best of them puts in the work mad I, dog dude I feel like Jason has formed his own genre of yeah. racing as well yeah like expect, like his own genre of riding and yeah. riders like I have friends of mine that live in Florida and they're just like you know shirts no shirts aren't tucked in like 
aero helmets like they they want to be jason anderson yeah he's he's just the coolest guy like and when you're around him in person he's the coolest guy yeah he's so good to everybody he's got his own crazy unique style and the thing is too man like this isn't new it's like it's almost he's just getting recognition for it now yeah he's always done his own shit he's always been like this but he wins supercross title He's got the whole team fried thing going. He's got I enough think that's what clout behind him. him. Yeah. Yeah. He's got enough clout to where it's just like, he can now, he's like, Hey, I'm undeniable. I'm Jason yeah. fucking Anderson. Literally. This yeah. shit works. I do what I want now. Awesome. So exactly. So now I just think he's, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. That's right there. it. Yep. Here it is. Oi. Oh, No, you're not okay, Dylan. Poor bugger. What did just go a little bit too deep into that? I think he just went way too long. He just landed in the pocket just a little bit. And got Jacto car. Ejecto Cito, (laughs) cuz! That's such a good line. Yeah, this. Or did he case it? Nah, he, um. Oh, he would have, yeah, he would have tried to quad that and just didn't get that pop. I want to say that one more time. Yeah, and landed front wheel on the back and just got shot over the front. Yeah, that's hard to tell from there. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. I feel like he was going to be a real foul fitty threat. I mean, not that he's not going to be now, but definitely that's going to be a bit harder to come back from, you know? Especially when you have a riding coach like Dave, Dave Villeman. He speaks, speaks for himself, man. The mm. Fre- the French champion. Mm. What's he a champion of? France? Did no, the Supercross in, Championship. Did he ever win? Yeah, he has one or two. What, 250 or 450? 450. What? Uh, two, 252 stroke. Go. Can you go Dave Villeman Wikipedia? I have no idea. This is completely out of my pay grade. I think he has I know he has one I don't know if he has two Wikipedia let's go 250 yeah 250 uh, uh, career overview go to that 1.4 what's that 1999 huh. wait and one well uh, FIM world supercross he competed in motocross world championship from 1995 to 1999 and won the 1999 World Supercross Championship. He competed in the AMA Motocross Championship. Go down to like the... Keep going. So, 1999 won the Yamaha Motor France Third World MX Championship 250cc World Supercross Championship and the King of Bercy 1999. No shit. So was that the AMA championship though? Yeah, it says it says um, FIM World Supercross Championship. Wow, David Villeman, give it up. I never knew that he. Do won you know that. he tra- he used to train um, Marvin as well? Yeah, yeah, he does all yeah. the French dudes. You have to be French. It's, it's yeah. a French thing. It's fucking French people. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never really, I never met Villeman. Yeah. French looking after them after their own they're looking after themselves um what else go oh let's go no we did watch Ando yeah what else have we got to talk about um 
All right, this is a question. Does Jet win a Supercross race in 2020? Yes. How? How? What? Wait, in 2020? So sorry, 2021. No, in 2021. I'm still not used to saying it. Yeah, it's only what day? We're only seven days in. Yeah, seven days in. Yeah. So what? Uh, how does he get it done? Paint the picture of Jet's victorious first Supercross win. All right, can you pull the whole whole shot and just lead every single lap? I mean, that'll be the best case scenario. Yeah. But all you could do, you know, start mid packish and just but what get race that bulldog. Does he get it? Get what that race does he on. get it done in? Does he do it early? It'll be the first four races of the season. My yeah. opinion. He'll win a race. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I definitely... He could have won A2. He had an 11-second lead. And then he dropped it and just... I reckon that's where he lost the race there. It wasn't when Fernandez yeah. came up. It was when he dropped Dude, the front. The heart rate would have been going through. And then the he roof. started doing James Stewart shit. Yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> yacht, yacht, yacht. <laughs> Dude, he's so fucking gnarly. I love um, Jet. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that Jet Lawrence wins a race in 2021. But here's the caveat. He doesn't have to. He's 12. Literally. He still has... Like, the, he could not win a race for another two years. I think, well, I mean, definitely no, he wants a, he done. wants a heart. He wants the um, Lamborghini, bro. Let, yeah. him, let him go earn that Lamborghini. He's fucking tripping. He needs to talk, to, he needs to, talk <laughs> to Basha about getting a Lamborghini. He needs to talk to Lucas about getting a Lamborghini. Yeah, true. If Lucas lets him get a Lamborghini, you know, I will straight bitch slap Lucas. Lucas won't let him get a Lamborghini. Yeah, that's the move. I don't think. And I'll neither be... will and neither will um his dad. Yeah, no, that's no. that's fair too. Dazza. Yeah, Dazza. Shout out to Dazza. And Emma, can't forget Emma. Um, yeah. Emma. So yeah. I definitely think uh I definitely think Jet can win a race. Here's a real question though: Do you think Hunter will win a race? I think Hunter can win a race as well. Imagine this, right? We haven't seen Hunter race Supercross season yet, and because of injury and stuff. Imagine if Hunter just comes out and just does like a. Austin Faulkner 2017 undefeated streak the entire yeah. West Coast Dude, just like comes sick. out and just wins so uh, Jet and Faulkner are going to be racing the same coast that's what I'm hearing that's what I didn't want to hear on, man that's word on the street boys that's not what I wanted to that hear that is word on the street have we fuck's got fuck's sake yeah have we is that that you know what that kind of worries me a little bit for Jet because I feel like Faulkner's the kind of guy that will just do it. Like, he'll just go, you know what? Yep, this is, we got this rivalry. This is us now. I don't think there's any, like, you know, the Sealy Anderson thing. Yeah, It that, just become yeah. a thing, and they were both kind of willing to participate in it until they weren't. Yeah. And I just feel like Faulkner's the guy that will be like, yep, all right, we have a rivalry. We're, we're going in on this. And it's great for the sport, but fuck, someone could lose out. You know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. we're de- we're talking kids that have been hurt. We're talking young kids. So I hope, I really hope, I hope the rivalry pops off, and the boys really get into it. But I hope no one gets hurt, and I hope that they both have enough respect for each other's careers because yeah, you look at definitely because yeah. dude. It can go bad, man. Like you look. I just at, hope that it just stays on the track. Yeah. Well, no. Nah, have it off the track more. Like that's where we should be beefing. We should be beefing on Twitter. We should be yelling at each other in the pits. We should be talking shit on the podium. Like, like a couple the, block, yeah. block passes in the race is cool, but like takeouts that can get each other hurt. 
let's steer clear of those let's have the rivalry I'm, I'm, I'm more talking about yeah twitter whatever um on track stuff sure but i don't want one kid walking over to the other kid's tent and asking him to step outside oh maybe that'd like, work too no. that, like i mean i can't no, I, I know like, what you yeah. mean but yeah the the problem or is or even western pike and um freezy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if that happens dude they're, they're both just not big enough to pull that off um yeah the uh you look at the because the problem is is that these kind of rivalries we love watching them as fans and they add to the sport and we're here right now talking about them but they can have really legitimate consequences for people like eli tomac and dean wilson dean wilson's career has never been the same after he got into it with tomac and busted his shoulder and it's like we lose the best version of Dean Wilson you know we haven't really seen him there was just a string of injuries that happened after that so as long like I'm so down for the rivalry I hope they're on the same coast I'd love to see Jet get on top of everybody and and come out and win a championship but I as much as I want to see that, I also want to see nobody get hurt from something like that. Because that is a real possibility. And it's like, especially when you're young, there's a lot of testosterone floating around. And they're, oh, yeah. they're, there's a lot on the line too. Like, it's big money to win one of these races. Well, it's like, um, I think like 600 grand for a lights title or something like that. Something like that. Like, it's something like that, yeah. I think it's about 50 grand for a night win too. Yeah. And then you add in all the bonuses on top of that. yeah, yeah. So I mean, there used to be more. That's what Chad was saying. There used to be, like, yeah, used to be more. way more. Yeah, uh, it used to be a hundred k for a four fifty win. So crazy. It's fucking hectic. Eh? I, w- I was introduced to the wrong sport. <laughs> yes, big time. But yeah, so I don't know. Like pretty gnarly that they're on the the same coast. I think that's really good for the sport. And like, yeah, true. I agree. I agree. The thing is that so someone has to play the hero. And someone has to play the villain. We all know that Jet's, Jet's the, hero. the hero. Straight up, like because Faulkner. because that because we all know that Faulkner has that "fuck everyone if you're not with me" mentality. Yeah, and that's what gives him that that villain label. Yeah. So I the the thing is like he's gonna have to play that role. Like he's gonna he ha- he's gonna he have to will. own it. You know, he definitely will. But and so Jet's gonna get to play like the the kind of Mr. Mr. Nice guy, like happy-go-lucky, and we're all going to be like, dude, what are you picking on him for? You know Yeah, I mean? I literally, uh, he's he's going to be like the TikTok kid that everyone loves. Yeah, yeah. Like, stop picking on him. And, and Jet, then, <laughs> yeah, Jet Bieber. Yeah, Jet Bieber, true. <laughs> Imagine if he turns into like the most famous kid on earth, right? Imagine if Jet just turns, makes Supercross, like, like we didn't, I didn't know what MMA was before Conor McGregor yeah. because I was so far Bro. removed from it. And then, like, yeah, he just comes out and just shows everyone. Imagine if that happens with Jet. Imagine if Jet becomes, like, is the guy that becomes bigger than his sport. Dude, that's that's what we need. Yeah. Like, we really need that. It, that's what it takes. And the, the um, I mean, we'll probably get into it later, but I think that we need, the sport needs that guy and the casual fans that that attracts. And yep. so, like, go to Jet's Instagram right now. Go in his story and see if you can uh, find... It's just a bunch of reposts of girls wearing his hoodies. Girls wearing his merch. <laughs> Dude, but that's... Literally. That's insane, man. When have you ever seen it? Like, let's see what comes up here. So, you got that. Chick wearing his yep. merch. Keep going. Oh, oh that's it. But every single day, I've just seen 
these uh, these story reposts of chicks that are running his Jetson merch. And yeah. it's like, he's doing it. And shout out to Myrtle for, Making it happen, for yeah. doing this. Shout out to the Red Bull crew. Everyone that's involved in this machine that is behind Jet. And I mean, you could argue like, oh, he's only like this and because of the store. people behind They're him. behind Jet now. Yeah, true. Um, but it takes this kind of kid to like bust out and bring Supercross into the mainstream, you know, super personable, super good looking kid. Kenny was kind of like that. And I think Kenny definitely did a lot for the sport in Europe, but man, we got a real chance with Jet to really, really bust into some, some different space where we've never been before. And plus Jet's just really, um, relatable, especially being Australian living in America like Australian Americans like they love especially American girls they love Australians so I can talk my girlfriend's American so yeah. it's just like for him I can tell every everyone in America will, will either love him or hate him they won't be in between yeah but they'll only hate him because they're jealous and it sets like, up that rivalry between him and Faulkner like definitely like crazy you definitely. couldn't you couldn't write a better script and I think that you know, there's going to be people that are checking in on, you know, the YouTube content that we're making the, around what is going on between yep. these two guys, yep. which is, we haven't had that. And I think that what's cool is there's an understanding. I think, I think Jet knows, I know Myrtle certainly knows the power of this kind of stuff um, when it comes to, you know, other sports and what other sports do and how these guys do end up transcending their sport, you know? Yep. Well, they were talking about, like, I think it was a Moto Spy last year where Jet, like, broke his collarbone after that yeah. race. They were saying that, Myrtle was saying that um, he's the kid that will be in, like, Tom Brady's living room. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that speaks in volume with, like, how marketable Jet is, you know? Like, yeah. just not not only being him, but being who he is. Yeah. Like, anyone can be a good-looking kid and go ride a dirt bike and go do good yeah, but, he backs but it i think up. he not only backs it up but he'll post shit with him and his dog yeah and he'll post shit of him you know singing songs in the car and throwing money everywhere with with his brother like, yeah and we've it's got, not just like dirt bikes yeah and we got a real chance too because he comes from such a good family oh, and they're so close-knit so because the real drama like the real problem with kids like this is they get a taste of the fame they get a taste of the spotlight and the money but i just feel like they've been preparing jet for this for so long and the crazy thing man with jet is like the youtube comments anytime i post anything that is around jet there's guaranteed somebody that has this story of man i remember seeing this kid on a 60 at kilcoy motocross (laughs) track and i'd never seen anything like it yeah. I couldn't believe it. He lapped my son in one lap and he lapped the whole field. It looked like he was riding on a magic carpet. There's comments like that yeah, continuously, yeah, yeah. you know? Like he That's this so is, cool. This has been coming. This is but anyone that has ever seen him ride, this has been coming. Well it's a lot of thing it's like talent with anyone, right? Like I feel like when in BMX, like my sport, is like people thought have you always been this good or like yeah. did you only start doing well and for me I've been doing the same tricks I've been doing now since I was 16, 17 years old yeah. and it's just a matter of time it's just a process and for him it's just been he's always been that good it's just a matter of time Yeah. and I think and now people are just seeing like the tip of the iceberg man yeah. I feel like Jet's gonna be the the 
he could be the the potential next goat. I wonder if it. I wonder if it's a problem that we're talking about him like this though. That's one of the things that I've thought because it's like you got to build these guys up and you've got to build this mystique around and you've got to build up this character for them and you just hope that the writing can back it up and we know with him the writing can but there's so much shit that can go wrong dude one bad fucking girlfriend one bad crash one bad decision gone I so think it's like and but parents. i wonder like if we're doing a disservice by like hyping him up too much like i de- i do definitely, think about yeah. that you know oh yeah it definitely plays on people's minds like when people compliment someone for so long you don't and they don't recognize a flaw or they're saying oh you could be better in this area or like you're not all that good like for me i always did better when someone would talk kind of down doubting to me you, yeah. doubting me yeah so i guess like jet doesn't really have any doubts from any any corner and i think that would definitely have to play on him and i would see that everyone hyping jet up would have to fuel his competitors and just be mm. like no like the eli tomac thing we we're just talking about earlier where like yeah. no i'm going to show everyone that I'm better than this kid. Yeah. And and I think that's what's going to be the difference where like Jet needs to have the fight and the dog ready to go when the gate drops. Like he needs to be like, no, I'm the guy at the front every single time regardless of people think I'm going to win this race or not. And, yeah. and regardless of the positive comments, I'm sure he appreciates them and he loves every single one of them. Yeah. But that's i don't think that should fuel him i think what should fuel him yeah is, that's so true is, is like him going out and just being like no i'm i'm, I'm me i'm gonna show everyone who jet who jetson is yeah because for all of this shit and i mean i can relate to it in the sense that like i get sent a lot of fucking amazing dms and amazing comments and there's so much positivity and people saying how yeah, good of a job that i do with this podcast oh yeah but you, but you can't like I, I pay as little attention to it as possible, honestly. And it's like, and I wonder, I wonder sometimes if I don't enjoy it enough, like maybe I should try and embrace it and enjoy that shit enough. But to me, it's just like, okay, I really appreciate that, but it's kind of pointless because yeah, like, yeah. I don't, it's hard to explain, but like, I don't want to get drunk off that shit. Like that's, yeah, that's that, true. That's you know so I mean? true. Yeah. It's so nice to hear this stuff from people but I think I've spent enough time around famous people, big people that have done big things to where if you start drinking the Kool-Aid, especially about yourself, you are on a one-way trip to Foxville. So it's <laughs> 100%. like... 100%. To shit, to shit's Creek. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for, for me, it's like I, I'm, I love being able to hype Jet up. I love thinking about the possibilities. I love thinking about what he can do for the sport. And I love speaking in hyperbole about him. But at the same time, I know from the same way that, you know, you get all these comments about the podcast and this and that. It's like, I don't really need, like, I don't want to listen to that shit. So I I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird balance. Yeah, it's a weird dynamic. And as a, as a, like, as a guy that is, he's my friend. I want him to do well. I'm like, dude, are we doing him a disservice by like, building him up in a way i think that everyone does unknowingly Mm. it's just like everyone just knows he can win and that's fine but the thing here is that we need to show jet that he still needs to show up and get the job done regardless of what we think you know and i and i hope that that's the 
that's the attitude because honestly like i don't know if you have this but to me it's like the negative comments are the ones that you pay way more attention to you get I definitely so see that. few oh, so dude. few negative <laughs> ones in comparison to positive ones but they're the ones that fucking get you going oh definitely and i and that's that that's my whole career in a nutshell mm. and same as a lot of other races careers like that their whole what they get most out of their career and their wins is proving someone wrong mm. even if it's as small as an instagram comment from three years ago like they'll re- i know people that will be like still sitting on an instagram comment from three years ago and then once you know they they go do something well they reply and just be like what about now i'm like bro yeah. don't reply to that comment it's old he probably it's changed old. his username yeah yeah so it's just like one of those things like for like you said for jet i just we, we just got to really not limit our compliments like we got to bring him up and yeah. let him know that we think he's you know the the best yeah but we also go to rem- he also needs to keep in mind that not to not to get drunk off those comments yeah. and to really know that his process is what's going to have him win races yeah. not our opinions yeah 100 percent. i just had a vision of uh obi-wan kenobi you were the chosen one <laughs> <laughs> he he kind of is he kind of is he's fucking he's- but here, here's the thing though right austin faulkner and jet lawrence right Jet has a future in the 250 class. This is his second season in the 250 class. This is Austin Faulkner's last year in the 250 class. Mm. And we don't know what is what lies in the future of Austin Faulkner after this year. So if you were to pick about who would win a championship over who for whatever reason, you would have to kind of be like, look, we... Austin has to win because if he doesn't win yeah it's a career it's, it's a like career, a contract it's year. done he's yeah. done and I, I love Austin like he's he's definitely like my, one of my picks for the championship and I'm so gutted he's racing against Jet in the same coast mm. I was like yeah like Jet will race east Austin will race west and that's they're my two picks but since they're in the same class fuck me right but it's like I think that for me as much as I want Jet to win Austin has to win. Yeah. Because if Austin doesn't win, I can't see Austin ride. Like, he could go ride for a, a satellite team or a private team, whatever, but he's not going to get the results that he'll get in the 450 class as well as 250 class on that machine. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, I've heard rumors that um, if he wins a Supercross title or an outdoor title, that Cowie's going to open a third, a third space for him in yeah. the factory Kawasaki team. Tent, so that would be really good having three riders on that team, and I can't really think of a better three-person team on a yeah. 450 class. Eli Tomac, Adam Cincerello, Austin Faulkner. I think that was um, that. I think all teams should have three riders now. I think yeah. it's kind of like a, it's kind of w- weird to have two riders. It's almost like even weird with Gas Gas just having Bam Bam. I think there should be another rider there, mm. like like Blake Baggett should be there, in my opinion. Like it's just like. That's weird, man. We've been talking about Bagger all week, eh? And, uh, yeah, he's just MIA and being very, very tight-lipped. No one said anything about him leaving. It's been very quiet. And you know yeah. what that makes me think? He's retiring. Lawyers. True. Not allowed to say nothing. No public comments. Yeah, because the team, the, team to... the team owes him, like, fucking 600 grand or something. Yeah. Like, so I feel, yeah. like, I feel like Baggett ain't racing. And he ain't saying shit until the lawyers figure out 
whatever it is that they got to figure out. I don't well, have any. Well, remember when James first stopped racing? He didn't say anything for a real long time. Mm. Yeah, but James is like, such a like unique cat when it comes to that. Yeah. But yeah, I I feel like there's something more going on there behind the scenes because like Baggett is definitely one of the guys. Like he's a very very good. I'd put Baggett and Osborne in the same yeah sure. category yeah, and true. in Supercross yeah. And he's just nowhere to be seen. Well, he was a title contender for the um, outdoor 2017 title. Yeah. Like, it went down in the checkered flag with him and Tomac. Yeah. So, I think that it sucks what happened with him and the Rocky Mountain, is Rocky Mountain WPS? BTO, ATV, MC, Cycle Superstore, Maximum to the Max, man. That's well, what's that team? What's that team called? Rocky Mountain ATV KTM. Yeah, Rocky yeah. Mountain something, something. ATV KTM. Yep. Whatever happened there, that sucks. And you know, I think that like there's I said, something more going on there. Though they're definitely like it's something more going on. Them putting on Joey Savacci, that couldn't have been like their first. That couldn't be that. Um, mm. When you look at being a team manager of that team, you can't just be like, "What would we rather, Joey Savacci or Blake Baggett?" Yeah, if you're purely you know going I mean? off results. If you're purely going off results, like what most teams do you can't just be like oh yeah we're gonna pick Joey Savachi mm. you're gonna lean with Blake Baggett but obviously that option's out of the window Joey Savachi comes in and Blake Baggett like he's gonna be the first pick for any team if there's an opening yeah. 100% yeah but I can't I can't imagine him on anything but like, I wonder if he hasn't done anything because of legal shit so like if he goes true. and races then maybe he's like for another manufacturer and then maybe he's fucking up like a legal case this is purely out of, I'm speaking out of my ass well, like, like, I don't know I'm, anything about this but yeah. like I'm just thinking if you're like if you're Blake Baggett contract negotiations go south like he still had more years on that yeah he was signed until 2023 yeah like he had yeah, yeah he had like a multiple year contract and then that's gone and then he's not racing anywhere else because if he jumps on another team or another bike what if he goes to Europe Nah, another team, another bike, don't matter. If he does anything, wears anything outside of that contract, if there's like legal shit going down, he that won't see sense, any, yeah. yeah, he won't see any of that money. So I think being the uneducated fan that doesn't go to the races, I think that <laughs> <laughs> I to me, hey, I've watched enough fucking suits hey, to hey, know. No. I've hey, watched no. enough suits to know that there's probably a lawsuit going down between Blake Baggett and the Rocky Mountain ATV, MTV, Cycle Superstore, <laughs> MX vs. ATV, Unleash KTM team. That's just my uneducated opinion. You can tell Jace doesn't... He likes his orange juice with no pulp. <laughs> you haven't seen that, have you? No. Go on, go watch it. And that was just a reference of what you just said about yourself being like an uneducated yeah, fan that doesn't nothing. go... That I doesn't nothing. <laughs> so we got to find... I got, sent, <laughs> I got sent this a bunch of times. Ronan yeah. hasn't seen it. You Have you seen it? Yeah, I was watching it live. When it Were was you on. watching it live? Yeah, I was Did you message live. me? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, "Fuck!" You, like, it's going off. Yeah, what the fuck is this? Um, yeah, I was I, like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" I had a bunch of DMs. Um, you got the sound? Play the sound. Needs more of that, and we don't know enough of those stories. So that's going to be a big one for us. Yeah, that'll this be is, that'll be great for sure. Just yeah, more pulp and mech stuff, less everybody else. All right, so let's Done. just get yeah, yeah, no, let's work yep. on that. There's yeah, too many. You guys did. Go ahead. Too many, too many other shows and people in there. Just cut them, clip them. 
Oh, you're talking about the no, clips I, I, that he puts yeah, in. Yeah, the media clips. Wants it yeah. to be all yeah. pulp, no gypsy tales. Or... None of these other guys. <laughs> Whoa. He hates it. Is that the pro hate guy? You gotta know the fucking racist and know what's going on, Hammer. I can't sit here and have a fucking podcast about the Browns and Ravens game because I just watched it on TV. And I literally don't know any Browns and Ravens. Like, I can't do that, Hammer. That's a good game, though. Do you know how many reporters don't go to sporting events and just watch it? Well, here's my thing. He's got a fairly decent following in Australia. We now have a couple Australian riders on the on the program, so he's hitting that demographic for us. We're trying to appeal to everybody, Thanks, trying to grow the sport one one fan at a time. So uh, we'll take any content you give us, but I unfortunately need a few more voices to get, to equal out. So you have you have your opinions. You have you're, you're a troll train guy. You're a stew guy, not a hurling guy. I heard I learned that. Tonight. Yeah, so I'm a what's hurling up with that? Hammer? I'm a hurling guy. I'm a hurling guy. Yeah. Lies. Lies. Shit. Lies. It, it didn't sound like you were earlier. You people. Lies. You people are what do it. You were like that with troll. You're like that with troll. You're being a hypocrite. I disagree. I am not like that with Straight Troll. Straight up, oh Paul getting in there. I mean, just because Troll's going to sweep the title doesn't mean I'm like that. What do you got against Trolls? See what I mean? See how he spun it? Now, now... Listen, Alex I'm just, Martin's going to say, hey, bro, you got a problem with me? Like, why? Like, that's what's going to happen to me. No, it's not. No, it's not. Just, you know, just, yeah, clip clip everybody else. Just use Pulp, our co-hosts, you know, Wygant. Yeah. You know, he's trying to this give it a global Connor, feel. Anyways, you got to think globally when you're I'll, at Red I'll Bull. I'll talk in an accent, and you can fucking say I'm from Belgium, and then we'll, we'll <laughs> cover that. That's the problem. Too, you know, me. what? So, yeah. I just I how do you know what you're talking about that. when you just fucking watch it on TV? If you don't go to the races, how do you know what's going on? If you're not in the pits and in the semis so and angry. making phone calls, do how mean? do you know what's going on? I, I like a lot of things. A lot, a lot what that guy says. Thanks, Paul. Pause it there. I'm not picking on him. I'm picking on all the guys that are. And it's everybody, everybody, such but, an angry oh, okay. man. No, he's Go to the race. Off that, Go to the race. Such an angry us. man. Um, so, I'm saying that not like uh, no disrespect. He like even I know Myrtle. Everyone's friends with him, but that's what? an angry man right there. He definitely was angry. There's a few. <laughs> there's a few problems with it. A lot of it is, I guess, tongue in cheek. Like I can't. You can't put yourself out there in the way that we do on this show and not expect and be not okay for people to talk shit so no 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 you dish it you dish it just like you take it yeah right? yeah like, exactly like, so that that's not that's not the problem A Stephen A. Smith is probably one of the best journalists in all of sport like probably one of the best personalities Joe Rogan doesn't go to that many MMA fights these days no. sort of sits and does his MMA fight companion in the same way that we do Supergirl's companion and so there's one point there. We have so much fucking fun doing Supergrass Companion. I don't know if I would want to go to the races anymore. Honestly, it's so much fun sitting in here on the TV, talking shit. You got the whole Gypsy gang in the chat room. There's like 400 dudes that sit in the chat room talking yeah. shit. Fun as fuck. So that's, first of all, I don't know if I want to go to the races anymore. <laughs> and I feel like even you'd, if I you'd did... Have to go to, you'd have to at least go to the finisher. Like yeah. Salt Lake or Vegas. Or Dude, something. honestly, this would be the dream scenario for me, right? You go to the races, you watch all the practice, because that's one thing you miss out on. You miss yeah. out on the practices and seeing what's going on. All that shit. But that's fun. I miss seeing my friends at the races. But, dude, I would fucking dip 
after practice and go to the studio, crack some beers and fucking sit in here and watch the races. That is my choice to watch racing these no, days. Definitely. It is so much more fun than sitting in the fucking stands, having people standing up in front of you the whole time. So there's and that. People yell, people throwing beers and throwing, go Tomac. Carrying, go Tomac. Carrying on. <laughs> That's so, Tomac. <laughs> I told you it's my guy. But, uh, but yeah, so the, the whole... The, the basic premise of like you gotta go to the fucking races you don't need to no, go to the don't. races you really don't uh, also global pandemic COVID-19 not True. sure if you've heard of it no cunt can go to the races especially if you're living in Australia you can't even 100%. live in the fucking state bro that is ridiculous 100% isn't it crazy how like we can still go to caravan parks where there's fucking hundreds of people in caravan parks where we can't have a 20 person gathering in our own backyards yeah that's what we're facing here but then he lives in America where the fuck where like they have they, no they, restrictions yeah, over there they and they're just like I have so many American friends like my some of my best mates are American and they and they've all either got COVID or they have it right now and they just don't care they're just like we, we don't fucking care we're here dude if you if there's one reported community case yeah in, shut in, down dude the whole country just tips upside down yeah but yeah, so I think his logic in terms of going to the races is flawed. Uh, I think that you... It's not factual. I think that you see a lot on TV uh, and... You see more on TV than you do at the races. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So I think that, yeah, I'm not in the pits mingling and fucking hobnobbing around the pits. But, you know, and he says like, you got to make calls to team managers and riders. No, you I don't. I don't... Well... I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd say that you do, but he also has no idea the people that I talk to. And I don't, I'm not out here claiming, like, I don't name everybody that I talk to. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? You should I don't, just get a list and just be like, I have these people and name their phone. Yeah, that's like, right. That's like, that would no, be the lame thing yeah, to do. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Yeah, so I feel like I know enough people. I feel like I've been to enough Supercross races to get the gist. I still call team managers daily weekly so i feel like that's cool agents as well agents so it's like (laughs) i feel yeah (laughs) i feel like it's i'm good on that front and the other thing is you run the pulp mx fantasy league which is like you're trying to promote (laughs) people who don't go to the races accurately guessing the winners of the races if if you don't know if you don't know by not going to the races like, what's the fucking point of fantasy? If you can only know about Supercross by going to the races, then fuck the fantasy. What's the point? We don't know anything. Yeah, well, the, the fans can't have a grasp on that. No, they, like, would, they would never be able to. If they don't go to no. the races, there's no way they could know anything. Well, it's, it's the point of, ha- like, without this fucking TV screen right here, we wouldn't be able to see what he said, right? And just, like, a lot of Supercross fans, myself included, who watch the races on TV... If you were to cancel this piece of fucking electron, electron, electronic bullshit out, there would be not. You would have to go to the races to watch them, but then you wouldn't. There wouldn't be fantasy. There wouldn't be pulp MX. There wouldn't be gypsy tales. 100%. Like without this, the sport doesn't grow. Yeah. And for you to spend your time sitting here talking about what what's going on at the races and behind the scenes only grows the sport. Like our yeah. friends of mine that ride BMX that aren't in motocross but want to get into it because of like you. And this is what I was literally just going to read. This is what, this is why, for anyone that wants to know why I make the content that I make, this comment right here is the fucking reason. I don't even follow Moto, but I watch your videos. It helps bring a perspective of another athlete's life. 
that and it makes me realize how batshit crazy these guys are makes me appreciate my concussions from football at least i don't remember them or much of anything else that's I saw what, that comment that's all i want that's what yeah. i want out of this right so the sport needs a steve mathis that wants to report on like every nook and cranny and like he's like doing his deep dive research to bring you the most up-to-date current factual shit about and also rumors around the pits and stuff like that yeah that's your job you do that you know what i want to do i want to sit in my fucking studio that i built with my friends drink beers smoke weed and be a fucking fan of a sport that i absolutely love and hopefully that resonates with other people who don't even watch supercross that just see a bunch of boys (laughs) having a good ass time and want to be involved so it's just like we all got our lane. Well, that's also two different things, right? Like you watch you, what you do compared to what he does are two different things. Like you in a studio with your friends drinking beer, smoking weed, watching Supercross is so different to what he does where he goes in the pits and talks to everyone and finds out the inside yeah. gossip and, and all that. I think that like him, like Steve Mathis is a great, great journalist, great reporter, but I think they definitely have some bitterness to him and he yeah. definitely needs to like imagine if pulp mx was the only show motocross show and there wasn't any vital there wasn't any well Racer you know what that's there probably the problem is that it was for a while so we kind of did have it i think that would mean the sport's dying if there wasn't more than one hundred percent like i think he should be stoked that yeah you have your opinion he has his like why doesn't he go go after jason wygant like he has he has jason wygant has like four shows well and dude does anybody remember james stewart doing breakdowns of super they need to come back yeah. they no need they to can't come. he <laughs> didn't go to the fucking races <laughs> he wasn't there he can't do it <laughs> right case closed he didn't go to the fucking races case closed i love those videos now i can't watch them because he doesn't go he goes to the, go the he's, he's um ACs and Chase Sexton's oh, well, training he, now he, he goes to the races then he can talk now. then he can talk <laughs> but yeah I mean honestly though the biggest the bit all that shit's fine that's cool Steve can think it's whatever that I don't go to the races that's completely fine the you don't need to go to the races though but that aside let's say I do need to go to the races then okay, you probably go maybe I'll go to the races but yeah. the real problem is when he said and this is why I like I don't have a problem with any of this all this before this comment has just been fucking bullshit but when he goes I'll put on a fucking Belgium accent and then I'll do it that's fucked it's that's the most like closed minded shitty comment that you could make about the future of our sport so what that says to me is like hey everybody else that like wants the sport to grow thinks they could do something cool to like elevate our sport add something different fuck off we're good see all this we've got it covered fuck off we don't need we got dude we got a bunch of really good french riders in supercross where's the french podcaster dude yeah true. put that guy in fucking moto spy yeah if there's a dude that's talking like better shit than me about these guys put that guy in literally let's the thing this is what makes MMA such a sick sport. Mixed martial arts has one of the biggest online presences of any sport. There is so many MMA podcasts. There's guys that are making clips of podcasts. Their whole channel is dedicated to making clips of other guys' podcasts. Fighters have podcasts. Ex-fighters have podcasts. Fans have podcasts. 
there's a dude called the schmo that's a fake character that has his own podcast he's a fake character and dana white is there like dropping like legit championship fights breaking news to a fake character like and you want to have the attitude of i'll just put on a fucking belgium accent and i'll do it it's like dude that's so small-minded you we are but doing that, it wrong if that if you think that actually works to grow the sport it's like I don't know how long's Pulp MX been going 10 years something like that it's like yeah. dude this shit changes man like the industry changes things get better more people come in yeah, that's literally. a fucking good sign but that's a also a rising tide floats all boats and I think that true. that like everything else before that is like I'm fucked he can say whatever but to say <laughs> that that's to me is like what's been wrong with the sport and that's the thing where i want those messages if you don't think i know shit about racing that's fucking fine go listen to pulp if you get more better information about racing but if my content makes you a fan of a sport that you weren't really a fan of before that's me doing my job yeah true and then when you grow out of me because i don't know what i'm talking about go listen to pulp I'll just keep trying to convert where he does the fu- where he does fucking ads every fifteen minutes. Well, he'll but stop, I mean, he'll stop conversations. That, but and be I mean, like, even that you know, aside, you know, you know, know what's going on with um, X X Y Z, and then he'll like ask the host, and the host is like, "No, I didn't know that." He'll be like, "You do know they make graphics for all these manufacturers, <laughs> but hey, great. honestly, I'm like I'm like, good, good on it. Like, there's no, yeah. yeah, there's no, I got no. You do your show how you want to do your show. It's awesome. You do a great job, and that's the thing. The sport needs a Steve Bathurst for sure. I every agree. it's every like Austin awesome Faulkner, Jet Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everyone, every sport needs that shit. Yeah, everyone true. needs that guy. I just don't want to be that guy, <laughs> and I don't know whether. Well, that's you just want to do you, right? Like that. Just that's, having fun. You just want to have fun and and just you know watch essay, watch fucking Supercross but, with your friends and yeah. and just have a good time and not have to deal with bullshit. And dude, like you're like, an Olympic BMX park athlete that's getting to talk to a massive audience about a sport that you love not a lot of people maybe yeah, there's a, yeah. maybe there's a ton of bmx riders out there that fucking love you because you're one of the best dudes to ever do it and they didn't really know how much you love supercross and they're going to click into some of these clips they've never really watched supercross before and they're going to be like fuck maybe dude this actually sounds like this Barsha dude's going to be something that's worth watching maybe there's some new fans in that that's what this whole this whole project is and like i don't do just moto obviously as you know on the youtube it's pretty much just moto in there but and that's because i'm trying to get these new fans like these weird crossovers you know what i mean so yeah anyway long story short pulp should do what he's doing yeah he does does his stuff you do yours yeah he's he's just but coexist you cannot put on a belgium accent and think i think that's so fucked that to me was such a lame fucking comment everything else was sweet that just shows this like Like narrow focus on the wrong target what do you think about it like obviously he's making fun of you being australian but imagine a kid that's from belgium that wants to go race in the in the u.s yeah like what's wrong with my accent and thinking going to the u.s and just going steve mathis already doesn't like me because i'm belgium and he made fun yeah. of us on the podcast. It just like that's shows. just so terrible, and he shouldn't have said that. Like, he, like that's just that's just how American he is, I guess. Is just no, he's not even American; he's Canadian. That's like, the other weird. And that's thing. the weird <laughs> thing is that he's just like, 
I think it's that's just the American culture where if you're and, not American, you're you're foreign. And imagine, you know I mean? imagine if there was somebody else that said before Steve Mathis moved to America, "Hey, bro, just stay in Canada. I'll speak in a Canadian accent. <laughs> you're not going to come here marrying a fucking American chick. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like true. If someone could have <laughs> literally said that exact same thing to him, but it's like from his ivory tower. Uh, doing whatever that he's doing and you've got that attitude and that that's the bummer it's like fuck dude it's so close-minded it keeps our sport in this little fucking box hey if there's some dude in belgium that's got a fucking dope podcast and wants to talk about racing put him in moto spy literally do you know who do you know um the red bull ktm team manager in um europe the guy who does like hurdlings and Cairo. oh yeah he's from he's from belgium yeah, I think like a lot of the industry is from Belgium. Imagine all those guys listening to what he just said. I mean, I don't think that many people. I think he just, he was in the middle of a rant. He was very heated and the blood pressure was definitely up. And then he just spat out. I just don't, I think he said Belgium because he didn't want to say Australian because I think he was trying to elude in that, that he wasn't talking about me, even though I've heard from a bunch of people that he's kind of got an issue. But, but anyway, enough on that. True. Funny to react to that. And uh, yeah fucking I'm still not going to the races I'll still go to the races I'm not I'm fucking doing Supercross Companion I'll, fa- I'll FaceTime you at the races <laughs> perfect we're doing Supercross Companion we're streaming live for all of 2020 come and hang Sick. out sit in the group chat we've added some uh, cool technical shit to it this year oh, we're gonna really? do call-ins from people at the fucking races being oh, yeah. inspired by that so that we can oh that's true yeah at least have some credibility you know uh, she'd be like I'm here in spirit motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thanks uh, thanks for coming on Loopy no thanks for having me are you happy now very happy you got to talk Soupy always I can so, keep hey, going Soupy with Loopy why don't you Ooh, start what why don't, why don't you start yeah. how would you spell it though S-U-P-P-E with L-O-U-P-E-E Supos with but you said Soupy like S-O-U-P-Y no 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 just S-U-P then it'd be it'd be Suppy S-U-P-Y. Suppy. Yeah, but you say soup. It's spelled S-U-P-E-R. Or you, get a, or you, can, get a, you can get an accent on the U. Soupy. No, nah, then you'd be Belgian, and that's not allowed. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> soupy yeah, with soupy Loopy. with Loopy is a new good segment. One. I fucking love it. Yeah, then we can coexist, and then you can beef with me. Yeah, I'd love to beef with you. <laughs> Does that mean we got beef? Definitely. We got Definitely. beef now? Fuck. Yeah. Fucking Gypsy Tails, and he's fucking marijuanas and he's fucking drinks (laughs) fuck that (laughs) oh fuck fucking loopy and his stupid fucking microphone fuck that guy loopy and his fucking soupy um yeah anyway that's cool bit of bench racing you've been blowing me up to do it i've really wanted to do this with you for a while it's just yeah it's been holidays and christmas yeah i feel like you're angry at me for a minute no not at all fuck this guy no not at all i feel like i was annoying you too much no i was like oh shit i feel like that with with sam as well yeah. Like, I hit up Sam heaps and he just doesn't reply. Yeah, like, I was going to say, the reason why you feel like that is because he doesn't reply. Well, that's what's same with me. I just fucking barely reply. True. I don't know. I just, like, feel like but I'm But you're not guy. annoying me. Oh, thanks. I just don't want to annoy anyone, I guess. But this was fun, for sure. I can keep going, but obviously... Nah, I'm like, it. Yeah. It's four, oh, it's 420. We got to sign Get out. Get lost. We got to sign out. Um, thanks to everybody gotta- for coming. Um, I got to train in an hour and uh support our sponsors thank you to everybody that watches the podcast thank you to everybody that uh engages leaves a comment leaves a like subscribes does all that shit it actually really makes a big difference gypsy gang gypsy gang for life 
Uh, what do you got going on, Loopy? You doing fuck uh, well? I'm back into training now, getting ready for yeah, the... Yeah, you, uh, you had a bit of a fucking little send period, didn't you? Yeah, I um went through a lot past... <laughs> I think 2020... I think, COVID, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think 2020 was definitely one of the most mentally challenging years of my life. Like, I ended up buying a house... And I was living in the US in January. Mm. Like, when we last spoke, I was living in the US. And then when COVID hit, obviously, like, we knew America was doomed ended up buying a house in the US and I lived in it for a month and I came here for a holiday and just never went back yeah and um like got the house rented out over there and that broke my heart because I was like fuck I love that house and um I'm glad I'm glad that my girlfriend's parents living in it taking care of it and stuff and they're paying rent and stuff but like I was so stoked on that house house, yeah Yeah, and then I'm back here and I'm renting here and where we're living is cool and everything but dude it's nothing like owning your own house you know so I'm trying to like like coming to terms with that was really hard also coming to terms of the olympics being postponed like that, that oh, that's got to be a huge bummer. that was a huge bummer on me I, I like didn't go outside for like a week yeah after that was announced and then um also also um no events mm. to even look forward to so i was just like fuck what's the point of even like training to be ready for nothing really and then well we're gonna be at the fucking gym tomorrow morning so you can be ready for true. that i'll definitely come out tomorrow. are you coming yeah i'll come out tomorrow sweet we gotta get jack doing out too he's fucking blowing us off all week right i'm wrapping this shit up thanks so much everybody i love you all including steve mathis because you know if he does do good shit hey hey i just want to get out there i i don't know steve and um I'm not trying to disrespect Steve, but what he said was really fucked up. <laughs> and you're a fucking pulpy for she listen to every fucking word, mate. I just love moto. Exactly. I don't give a fuck where hey, it's coming from. Good answer. I just love fucking moto. Right? We'll end on that. Perfect. Yeah. Alright. Shout out to everyone who loves moto. <laughs> Thanks, brother. That was sick. Sweet. Oh my legs, man.